93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, October 10th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Streaming live from a camera mounted on his helmet, a gunman pushed on the doors of a synagogue, fired several shots at at a locked door, struck an explosive in a door jam, and lit it, but he couldn't get in. The fact that the door held likely spared the lives of dozens of people inside the synagogue on Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. Police say the gunman did kill two people, one directly outside the synagogue in the German town of Halle and one at a nearby kebab shop. Uh, police have arrested the suspected gunman. A 35-minute video of the apparent attack posted online shows the suspected gunman who was uh, had appeared to be... Uh, had a had explosives in his car, trying to break down the synagogue doors, cursing in frustration, and then driving away. Uh, There were about 70 to 80 people inside at the time. Ten Americans were in the synagogue. Uh, None of those people were injured. I was watching some of the footage yesterday, and and they said that he had had like a bomb or a couple of quasi-grenade type of things that they were lobbing. He was lobbing into a a cemetery next to the synagogue. Did did you hear any report on that? I didn't see that. No, I did not see that, at least in this report, which was uh, I read on CNN. I'm sorry, I missed the beginning. Was he streaming this footage? Yeah. Oh, yeah, on um, what's the on Twitch? Okay, yeah, game, I watched yeah. not long ago. I was watching Real Sports, and they had a feature on this uh, New Zealand um, yeah, yeah, rugby yeah. player. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. And they showed footage from that mosque shooting that that white supremacist. Uh, oh my God, these people. Yeah, uh, I know. And but there's the cameras now, and now it's kind of become a lot of people committing horrible acts but streaming them as they do them it's they see it as yeah. their moment to yeah send whatever stupid ass horrible message you're trying to send a spokesperson for twitch confirmed on cnn that the video was streamed live on their platform the site is mostly used for live stream of video games twitch has a zero tolerance policy against hateful conduct and any act of violence is taken extremely seriously the company said in a statement in the video the suspect who wore dark clothing and gloves launched into a uh, anti Semitic rant claiming the Holocaust never happened and saying that the Jews are the root of some of the pro- world's um, some of the, uh, sorry some of the world's problems. Well, the thing is that you know, it, and it's with all of these things, the stream goes up and you have to have people report it, so it's already yeah. up and running before right. you know yep. uh, you can do anything before it gets reported. Yeah, yeah. yeah, terrible. A CVS manager is being credited for the capture of four suspects connected to a locker room theft at the YMCA in Havertown. One of the victims uh, said that the thief left him with no clothes, no wallet and no car key. So basically what they did is they went into the locker room and they moved all of his stuff to another locker, uh, used a different lock and locked it in there to give themselves time. To that get, sucks. To go to CVS yeah. and, uh, you know, use the credit cards and, and whatever else they were doing. Yeah. Uh, so they were able to make thousands of dollars in gift card purchases at CVS, at, at least at the first CVS that they went to. They then went to a second CVS and that manager became suspicious. They were trying to buy, I guess, $2,000 in gift cards. Uh, so that manager, I believe, called police. I would like 2000 dollars in gift cards, right. please, yeah. from my CBS. Yeah. So here's a guy who finishes a wonderful session of goat yoga. Goes yeah. back to his life. <laughs> and, just doing uh, what's right yeah, for his body. Just and... trying to make things right. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Police arrived and took the four suspects into custody. They were identified as 28-year-old Antronel Cooper, 25-year-old Antonio McAllister, 30-year-old Marco Morgan. Uh, all of those people were from Washington, D.C., and then from Baltimore was 32-year-old Kimberly Wynn. Uh, she was also arrested. It's unclear if the group is linked to others being sought in the thefts of another YMCA two weeks ago in Upper Darby. And then I recently saw a report. I don't know if this is connected or not, but um, I forget the, the name of the ring. I think it's like Lane something, the Lane Gang or whatever, the people that come and break into your cars 
in, you know, okay. like, oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. preschool parking lots right. or like the baseball field parking lots. But apparently they're back in town as well. Oh, great. A Philadelphia judge overturned a murder conviction from the 90s Wednesday morning after concerns over the case came to light. Willie Vizi walked free after 27 years for a crime he didn't commit. For nearly 30 years, Vizi and his family have maintained his innocence. Authorities say new evidence showed that Vizi's constitutional rights were violated and there was proof that he could not have committed the murder out of a man back in 1992 in North Philadelphia. A judge agreed and vacated the conviction. Prosecutors dropped all charges. In court, Judge Leon Tucker said patience is a Skill. Patience is virtue. How long have you had patience? Willie Vizi answered since 1992. Vizi's attorneys say that there were numerous flaws in the case, including the following. His attorney uh, stated his signed confession was coerced after being physically abused. Uh, he, had an alib- al- he had an alibi in his former boss who said he was working at a restaurant in Jenkintown during the time of the shooting, and one of the eyewitnesses has since admitted to having poor vision. This is the 10th vacated conviction since District Attorney Larry Krasner took office last year. Vizi says his case case is a reminder of the flaws in the criminal justice system, and he hopes somehow his case will spark change. Mm. In sports this morning. Carter Hart made 25 saves to earn his first career shutout. Yeah. To a 4-0 win over the Devils. Phenomenal. Ivan Provorov scored a power play goal, giving the Flyers a 1-0 lead at the second intermission, and they scored twice in the first minute of the third period. First on a goal by Kevin Hayes, 33 seconds in, and then one from Sean Couturier with a 57-second mark. Travis Konechny closed out the scoring with 8-14 to play in the third. In the baseball playoffs, the Cardinals scored 10 runs in the first inning and went on to beat the Braves 13-1 last night in Atlanta in a decisive Game 5 in the National League Division Series. It was Atlanta's 10th straight postseason round loss since its victory 18 years ago. And in the late game, Howie Kendrick hit a tie-breaking grand slam in the 10th inning, and the Nationals came back to beat the L.A. Dodgers 7-3 in Game 5. They advanced to the National League Championship Series, which will start tomorrow night in St. Louis. The Nationals became the first team in Major League history to rally from three or more runs down twice in elimination games during the same postseason. They won a playoff series for the first time since the team moved to Washington ahead of the 2005 season, and the franchise reached the NLCS for the second time in 51 seasons. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much. Kathy, and welcome, friends. It's a uh, Thursday morning, as I said, as you went into the traffic. I didn't realize there was traffic this time of day. I mean, I hear the traffic reports, but I didn't really experience it until this morning because I forgot to set my alarm clock last night. And even if there's just like a a, a 10-minute, you know, delay or whatever it is, you see the difference in the volume that's on the road. It might not be jammed, but there's like cars there that you're like, wait a minute, why why am I not able to, you know, pass these people? Normally, the road that I first pull out of my neighborhood on, there's... Zero traffic at right. all yeah. in the morning. I saw like five cars whiz by, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> this <laughs> is going to be yeah. this is going to be a different ride into yeah. work today." Right, right. Um, I'm impressed that life woke you up. Like, no, it didn't. Steve woke me. Up. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> he called me. Yeah, Steve is life. I swear to God, without yeah. an alarm clock or anything no, like that. No, we have an understanding. If there's a particular time giving him travel time, right. I will call. So, okay. and likewise, yep. so you know when I'm usually in, and you. 
you know, if there's an issue. I live the furthest away, so so Steve knows, you know, if by if, I, if I'm not here a little after yeah. five, he calls me. And, <laughs> uh, and, I mean, we're creatures of habit. Yep, and I'm up, and and I I <laughs> I so I I answered the phone. Did you hear me? Because no, I couldn't no, hear I you. Hear okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you would have heard. I go hello, and because I saw it was yeah. you. And the next thing, I just go. I couldn't hear you. I just go f. <laughs> and I saw the phone was still on. I was like, he probably heard that. But I just hung up and I texted you that I was sure, on the yeah. so, so I took a horse bath, as they call this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah little, little, little spritz from the uh, from the sink this morning. Uh, and the first thing I thought of is, well, I have to look nice for Mark Marin because he's. Oh yeah. yeah, that's when the whores come in. And uh, so I so I did uh, something with. Well, you look hair. quite nice. Like, Thank you, you. A Jerry Curl. Hey, no, I got an X hour and seventeen minutes of sleep. <laughs> yeah, hey, you're, you're so fresh. Are you kidding me? I'm fresh as a daisy. I'm ready to go. So <laughs> it throws you off, though. It, it does, f's you it does. up. Oh my god! It's funny how getting extra sleep can f you up. It's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. All right. Well, it's not going to f up our schedule because we got plenty of things today. I mentioned Mark Marin. He's stopping by. Early, actually, about an hour from now, he's going to be popping in, which is really cool. And Mark wants to hang, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, so yeah. He wants to stick around for a bit, and, uh, and and we are more than happy. And one of the reasons he wants to stick around <laughs> is because Nick told him who our mystery guest is going to be. Yes, we have a mystery guest this morning, and we're going to have your opportunity to guess at who that might be, and maybe you win a prize in conjunction with that. It's no, we're not giving away, you know, like. We're going to give away $1,000 Money Shark. Okay? Yeah, so yeah, that's our big yeah. prize. Get off our back. Well, we'll find something. We'll find a nice prize cool. to give away. But this is more just fun to see if you have any idea of who we might be having on. And the reason we're doing this is because I, I'm not. this person is an actor. But I don't want you to guess who the actor is because you'll never get that. But you might get who the character this person oh. played hmm. is. That's a mystery. Exactly. And it, it might be more fair to say this person also does writing as well. Okay. Uh, writing and act. Actually, probably more known for, well. <laughs> Are we playing the game already? Kind of, sort of. So kind here's of, what sort we're going right. to do. I, I want to see if you could just basically on these vague Little clues that we've given you. It's an it's a it's a character from a film. Obviously, the character is iconic in pop culture. Exactly. So exactly. that 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 should be your 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 focal point. Yep. And then uh, in a little while, I'll take a look at some of the texts as to who people think that might be coming in. Just text who you think it is, and and from the correct answers, we'll pull a random winner, and that's it. And we'll we'll get cases okay, or prize we can give away. That I mean, we, we have, what we have got a beer? ton of things. We got beer. We got passes for. Oh, we got Zombie Land coming up. Uh, we also have uh, Double Tap, Double Tap, uh, Tap Tap. Uh, we have passes for the Cream of the Scream tonight. <laughs> now let's just do beer. Let's keep it okay. simple. Brewskies. It's it's not an, an appointment where somebody has to go do something. Okay. Let's give away a case of beer if you can uh, correctly guess. And and so text your guest to uh, uh, what is our guest? Our, our text three nine three three three. Thank yeah. you. I've got the Money Shark number. I got the request line. I got all kinds of stuff. So anyhow. Uh, but yes, it's an iconic <sighs> character, and I'll I'll give you a, l- a little bit better clue in a little while. But I'm curious as to just to see on that alone, okay. if people might be able to get it right. I have yeah. a clue. I have a clue that I think will help as well. But I'll, I'll I want to hear yours before I say anything. We'll, okay. we'll talk off air and see yeah, how we want yeah. to refine mm-hmm. this. But anyhow, this you'll mis- be very happy. Though. This mystery guest is going to be on at eight fifteen, yeah. and uh, I'm, it's it should be a unique conversation. So much so that Mark Maron wants to stick around, <laughs> and it's just a phone call too. <laughs> yeah, but he probably wants to talk to him and has questions. So uh, not only that, but uh, Mike Jarek is going to be 
stopping by. Our good buddy is going to be here in the studio for a very rare uh, appearance on our program because, uh, listen, he's got a morning show to do yeah. over at Fox 29. Uh, but there's an event coming up called You Gotta Try This, and we'll get the details from him. He's going to be stopping in around 10 o'clock. And like I said, Money Shark, that's coming up at about 8 o'clock. So... Let me get the entertainment report ready. Uh, we'll come back in just a moment, ask a stupid question, give some things away, and uh, we'll make it into work together this morning. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Yeah, coming up a little bit after 8 o'clock, we're going to have a mystery guest on the phone. And uh, you will not, I guarantee, you will not know this actor's name. So that should cancel a lot of guesses out right away. Like. Tom Hanks, for example. Uh, yeah, there was a Tom yeah, Hanks yeah. or two guests, believe it or not. A lot of Pee Wee Hermans. It's not Pee Wee Herman. No. It's not Paul Rubens. You probably know that Paul Rubens is Pee Wee Herman. Uh, so here's a little clue as to who it might be. This particular character, and that's what we want you to guess, the character is only on screen for a very short amount of time in a pretty iconic film. Yes. All right? So text who you think it might be to 39333. We're going to pick one winner out of if we end up getting any correct answers but you are going to be very surprised when we actually announce who this character is uh but anyhow uh we'll get a, a case of beer to somebody who gets it right uh we'll, we'll draw one random winner if if you're amongst those who do guess right so quite it's just kind of more for fun than anything yes, to see yeah. if you can guess who this is but we're we're looking forward to this interview a little bit after eight o'clock so yeah it's uh, a uh, a character that's only on screen for a little bit of time a uh, pretty big movie, and we don't need the actor. Let's just see if you know. So text over. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go through. Uh, let's see. Well, first, I got to ask a stupid question. Uh, we're going to give away some tickets to see Rent on Friday, October 18th at the Miriam Theater. The question I have for you this morning is about ladybugs. Uh, let's see. What uh, is the primary diet of the ladybug? What is the primary wow. diet of the ladybug? What do they eat? Two, I one... would have assumed human flesh. No, 215-263-WMMR. Mm. All right, what is the primary diet of the ladybug? 215-263-WMMR. Let's go through some birthdays. Today is Thursday, October 10th. It is David Lee Roth's birthday today. And uh, Diamond Dave is 60... oh, yeah. 65 years old today. Uh, I recently caught an interview with uh, Steve Lukather of Toto, who was saying that, uh, you know, he's very, very tight with those guys. He's good friends. I'm speaking of Van Halen. Yeah. He, he says one of the main reasons that they, they don't plan to get together is because there's some health issues. Is that right? Now, you remember Eddie had uh, oral, oral, cancer. oral cancer, and he didn't say directly if it means that, but now it's kind of got everybody wondering, is Eddie okay? So yeah, don't really know about that. But David Lee Roth is doing a Vegas Residency, one of those deals coming up, and uh, we'll interesting. See how that goes. So I assume he's uh, going right into that slot that was vacated by Celine Dion because they probably played with the same audience. Maybe, yeah, the same group of the people. same group of people will be attending that Diddly show. Uh, you said that while you love Van Halen, the biggest disappointment in live performance was David Lee Roth. Yeah, 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 absolutely. On the on the albums and so forth, 
phenomenal. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. And visually fantastic. Great front man. But he just talks his way through the lyrics or leaves out complete lines of lyrics. Just doesn't even sing. I would freak the F out. Yeah. You I know, because we, we're of the school that when you go to the concert, you want to... You want to hear the music as you're familiar with it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 100% exactly a representation of it. Yeah, but don't get too cutesy. Pretty damn close. I'll kill you. He's 65 <laughs> today. Uh, Dean Rowland, who I guess was in uh, town recently, he's a rhythm guitarist for Collective Soul, uh, celebrates his 47th birthday. They play Parks Casino. Are nothing but great things about Great the show. stuff, yeah. yeah. It's a solid band that just keeps trucking along. So happy birthday to Dean. Uh, actress Julia Sweeney, uh, SNL, you know her from there. Uh, she's the Pat character. Uh, 60 years old today. Uh, we also have Dale Earnhardt Jr. of NASCAR fame. Uh, 45. So he is he's retired. Is he? But he will, on occasion, <clears throat> I think he will jump in and race from time to time. That's what yeah. I read recently. Mobility uh, scooters. <laughs> no, not no. that. He, he, will, he will sort of come out of retirement from time to time. There he goes. I mean, they're, they're, the guy's just a... Is he, he's, he's at goat status, yeah? Uh, no. His dad was. His dad, His dad was. was, yeah. Dale was, Jr. was really, really good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he was... Uh, he didn't. He doesn't eclipse his dad? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's 45 today. Brett Favre <laughs> uh, is 50. No, Brett, Brett Favre is uh, 50 years old today. Uh, so he has had, but though again, he's attached to a pop culture moment, yeah, uh, and something about Mary that uh, will follow him all the days of his life. <laughs> Brett, Brett Favre, you don't want to be with Brett, Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he. We know he's Brett in the beginning of the movie, in yeah, all yeah, movie, yeah. and it's not revealed that who it actually is until the very end of the movie. Chris That's Elliott so is the epitome of just a <laughs> loser in that. He's so brilliant, he's awesome. Uh, so happy big five zero to Brett, uh, Mario Lopez. Yeah, Slater. Do we ever know what AC stands for? An AC Slater, Marissa, Marissa would know. Accomplished cellist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Marissa went, so we'll have to ask uh, her. She's, later she on. actually, she's. Uh, we have a whole library that's devoted to Saved by the. Uh, oh. Marissa, she just came back. What does AC from AC Slater stand for? Did we did we ever find out? Uh, yes. Oh, Alfred Clifford. I'd stick with AC as well. No, wait. Albert. 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 She uh, looked it up. That's close. That's okay. very close. All right, thank That's you. Still would have gotten shot with a beauty. <laughs> uh, <damn. laughs> All right, so happy birthday to Slater. Uh, yeah, Mario Lopez is 46 today. Tanya Tucker, the country singer. God. There was a time when she was the hottest one. She was the, of so, the late. Yeah, she was like, uh, I think just a teenager, and they had mm-hmm. her in... Uh, hot pants at the time or whatever the hell the deal was. Mm-hmm. She had a long and tumultuous relationship with Glenn Campbell. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's 61 today. Uh, ben Vereen, great actor and dancer. Yeah. Uh, 73 years old today. He, he was on a show with um, Jeff Goldblum. Um, a show? Yeah. Uh, Brown Shoe. Yeah. Do you remember that? It was actually really well written. Were they detectives? They were. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep, he's 73 today. Uh, Peter Coyote. Yes. A decent actor, a great vo- voiceover artist. He's, I guess one of his most memorable roles would be in E.T., right? Yeah. He played E.T. No. <laughs> he was the government uh, <laughs> dude that came in. You know, I'm an alien from outer space, and it's a pleasure to be here on your planet. I couldn't help but notice you're driving the new Ford F-150. <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah. rock. Yeah. It is quite a vehicle. Yeah. Uh, so he's celebrating his, wow, 78th birthday today. 
Uh, let's see a few more that uh, Nick got for me here. Lizzie Hale turns 36 years old today. Man, Lizzie Hale is, is a, f- uh, a friend of the station. She did uh, Attack of the Brackets with... Uh... Jackson and Sarah. Jackson and Sarah, yeah. Yep, yep. She is uh she's been uh she's been tight with MMR for well since the beginning of her career. And uh, she's man, what a voice on her. She's thirty six today. Bradley Whitford. Man, do I love that guy. I used to hate that guy. <laughs> well he because he, of the characters he would play. He mistreated nerds. Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding you me? You can't do that. And Billy Madison. And, absolutely. Yep. Yes. Preston, you have to watch Billy Madison. I can't believe Someday. you haven't seen that. Oh, you've right never now. seen it? I've never seen it's it. So bad. It's really terrible. It's, oh, it's terrible. really but it's, it's really terrible bad. in a good yeah. way. Yeah. Your boys are gonna love it. Okay. All right. But Bradley Let's talk about Whit- your testicle. Bradley Whitford <laughs> on uh uh movies like uh what was the um uh Get the- Out? Yeah, like Get Out. He was great in that. He know- he's uh, an evil character in that, but uh he- in Handmaid's Tale, he's fantastic. So uh who posted a uh, there was a one of the castmates uh, I've posted out a birthday wish and, and was was talking about Handmaid's Tale, but he is really actually very funny in a movie called Cabin in the Woods that Joss Whedon did, which is a sort of a, sort of a send up in a way of horror movies. But it's yeah. uh, he's really great. All right, a couple more real quick here. Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey, love her. Uh, who is from the Goldbergs? She's awesome. They did uh, the episode last night of the Goldbergs. They brought back a number of the cast members from uh, Cheers. Oh, they nice. were all they were all characters in the show. She celebrates her 50th birthday today. Uh, Dan Stevens, who's he? Oh, he's from uh, Downtown Abbey. Downtown Abbey. Downtown yeah. Abbey. Downtown yeah. Julie Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, Matthew Caffey. He's uh, driving the car. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really good looking dude. Very good looking, yeah. 37. Rose McIver. Okay. I've forgotten who she is. She's an actress. actress. She's an actress. So Rose, Quite talented. Rose, McI- Rose McIver, actress. <laughs> 31 today. I Zombie? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, she's very talented. She's on a show called I Zombie. Cleared <laughs> <laughs> uh, it up. No, the show is, uh, I think it's over now. It was last season. Okay. Right. What a uh, birthday. And then I saved the best for last, ladies and gentlemen, a good friend of the program, Michael Giacchino, celebrates oh, his birthday yeah. today. Uh, Michael Giacchino, world-famous composer. So many damn movies that not long ago, uh, I think it was Coco was on. I forgot he did the movie. The Cow, 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 Cow. Yeah. Cow, Cow. Excuse um, me, what time is Cow, Cow, And, of course, The Incredibles, fantastic music. We won the Oscar for Up. And, uh, of course, we went out to visit him while he was uh, scoring the film for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming yeah. I was watching the credits of, for uh, Wreck-It Ralph, the, he breaks the internet, and Michael Giacchino has a very small speaking role in that. He plays one of the stormtroopers when they're in uh, the Disneyland. Oh, really? Yeah, because he, he was a stormtrooper in uh, Rogue One, I think. Okay. He's a huge Star Wars nerd, nerd as well. God almighty. That What you described his house, his setup, uh, he is... He is a full realization of what I'm doing in a <laughs> yes. micro way at my house. He's a kid yeah. who's become successful right. and made a bunch of money and can make his own back gra- backyard playground. Jurassic Park type stuff. He, his bar is the Ark of the Covenant. It's so cool. This The tree house that he has. Yeah. How cool is that, dude? It's, if you win the lottery, that's yeah. what you would have, Steve, in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> and as you walk around the yard, he's got these sensors that trip off audio cues when you walk by. So you'll be walking by, and all of a sudden you'll hear 
like Jawas, really yeah. me, me, and making all these noises, <laughs> yeah. or growling, or yeah. like what was that? Yeah. Yeah, it's Dinosaurs awesome. from Jurassic Park. How, how big is the actual yard? Uh, it's not huge. You yeah. know, it's it's one of those L.A. houses that probably is lots of money that costs a lot of money, but it's not like a, a huge footprint. Right. It's right. also in the valley a little bit too, so it's uh, in an area that's not traditionally as expensive as other areas. But man, is it cool! Wow. And it's you you can't you don't really see the house. It's yeah. hidden from the road. A lot and, of those houses are like that. Yeah, but uh, you're not gonna meet a nicer guy. Yeah. Oh, I got to get out there. Yep, and uh, and we can go out there. Michael has invited us on a few occasions. Come just, out and say hi. It's cool that he remembers us, and then he grew up listening to MMR. Yeah, friend of the show, He's a friend of the show, He's a friend of the show. And his name is Michael Giacchino. <laughs> we wrote that for him. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He was touched. Happy birthday today to Michael Giacchino. <laughs> All right, let's see if we can get an answer to our stupid question. What is it that? Uh, the ladybug primarily eats 215-263-WMMR is the number, and I will go to Brian for the answer. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. What is it that ladybugs eat? Aphids. 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 Yeah. Hang on a second. I know they're the scourge of plant people. Well, they, they actually were brought here to North America from Asia in 1960 to eat aphids and other pest insects. Oh, no and kidding. To escape religious really, persecution. I don't think they really eat uh, uh, Human flesh? Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. They, 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 uh, they're, very, they're very voracious, though. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they, they'll, they'll consume a lot of aphids. Right. Okay. I had never heard of an aphid until uh, there's somebody I know who actually doesn't get uh, Christmas trees anymore the, the, because... They got a tree, That's and the it was the saddest thing I've ever heard. Well, no, no, they have a. It's a whole They get an aphid infestation. They had an aphid infestation. No, yeah. they have a fake tree now. Oh. So, mm-hmm. Danica McKellar in a Christmas with her <laughs> <laughs> on the Hallmark Channel. All right, for Brian, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Rent on Friday, October eighteenth, eight p.m. Miriam Theater, and tickets are on and information available at uh, KimmelCenter.org. All right, let's get into the entertainment stuff. A judge rejected the Manhattan District Attorney Attorney's Office attempt to. Silence Cuba Gooding Jr.'s defense team with a gag order days before his sex trial is set to begin. Uh, he's charged with squeezing a woman's breast on June 9th at a bar in New York City. He denies the allegation. The prosecutor, Jenna Long, sent a memo to Judge Phyllis Chu on September 25th asking her to tell attorneys to refrain from discussing the evidence with members of the press or disclosing any materials provided in discovery to the press or public. She argued that she was giving the defense videos in which the defendant makes references to mental health, prior sexual abuse, and sexual experiences and feelings. So this is, okay, so this is the, okay, their client. uh, They have the video of the incident, um, and uh, do they have other angles on the incident, or is it just that one angle? Don't know. Because from what we saw, listen, I don't know what's going on, and they'll hash it out, but I think we all agreed it looked a little innocuous. Uh, so the gag order is not going to happen, uh, and the trial begins today. Oh, so we'll I can't see. believe this is at trial. I never knew that it was going this far. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. All right, so I have, I have a few heavy things to get to. This is another Damn. one of them, but we'll, we'll get to some lighter stuff. Yeah. Angela Bassett has revealed that she was fondled as a child by a man her mother was dating. Uh, Bassett recalled the devastating experience and said, fortunately, it wasn't a complete assault. It was fondling, but it was devastating enough for a child who was 12 or 13. And thankfully, to have a mother who could tell as soon as light broke that this happened and for her to expel him... That she heard me, believed me, and did something about it, I think was so empowering for me as a young teen, as a young woman. She played one of the ultimate 
Victim stories of all time. Mm -hmm. Tina Turner. And and that, the scene where they're in the studio, their home studio, and he rapes her is just... Brutal. Oh, my God, is it powerful. Apparently, it's incredibly accurate. Uh, She is a mother to 13-year-old twins, uh, Bronwyn and Slater Vance, with husband Courtney B. Vance. She continued saying that um, she is teaching her children about the importance of boundaries. The actress said that uh, you just want them to be aware uh, they'll be in situations one day, and when a girl says no, both to him and to her, she means no. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason why she's getting the word out there about her personal experience. All right, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively welcome their third child together secretly over the summer. Uh, the famous pair managed to keep it, uh, or managed it by uh, keeping the news of her pregnancy quiet for a few months and thereby buying more time than she really had near the end of her pregnancy. <laughs> it's amazing they have to play it this way. And that's what they did, yeah. <laughs> so no outlet has revealed the baby's gender name or birth date. But uh, People, Us Weekly, and E! all confirmed that Reynolds and Lively did indeed welcome a child this summer. Source uh, says to Us Weekly that the secrecy was quite the undertaking and planned with the precision of a military exercise. I wonder if you're, if you're at that level of fame uh, and uh, just exactly what it feels like to be seized upon every time something like this happens. Now, some people, we, we pointed out, some people play it well. Yeah. People like Tom Hanks. And it's, it's like you they and I think Ryan Reynolds does as well. I, I agree. I think that <clears throat> I think that they know how to play Take A, it. okay guys, I'll give you this and then you know, because obviously they, they the press can be used to forward things and promote things as well, but uh, you sort of they they're sort of informally setting boundaries. You know who I uh, who else has, has played it well is uh, Jennifer Garner. Yes, uh, and her pool was, boy Ben Affleck. and Ben Affleck. Now they uh, obviously they were they were the it couple for a they long were, time, yeah, yeah. but she's managed to I don't know work around it and figure out how to make this thing not intrude in her life too much. Uh, the 32-year-old Lively kept off social media for most of the year and did not reveal new shots of herself since the premiere of Ryan's uh, Detective Pikachu in May when she revealed the pregnancy in June. She made her last public appearance, so they, they made it a point to not have public events or go to public events. Uh, but why do they bother? They reportedly want to protect their older daughters, uh, James and Inez, in addition to their new recruit. A source said they do everything they can to make sure that their kids have a normal upbringing uh, the couple lives in the suburbs of New York. Uh, Blake has a really great support system here. So. Where do they live exactly? Does it give you the, the exact No, nah, it just says the suburbs of New York. Okay, so uh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. I'm going to drive around <clears throat> looking for him. The uh, Green Lantern was on the other night. And uh, listen, it's not it's not great. It's not great, uh, but it's fun. It's fun. And uh, I, that's where they met, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she looks fantastic in that Unbelievable. Movie. That's where I fell in love with her. Uh, Scarlett <clears throat> Johansson sat down with <laughs> L for Ryan's a cover. Ryan's ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, women in Hollywood is what it's called. Why wasn't I contacted? And she confessed <laughs> that while she is very happy to be engaged to Saturday Night Live's Colin Jost, she could tap her inner sadness to play a woman extra, uh, extracting herself from a bad relationship in Marriage Story. Is that other, a new movie? Other stars, including Minnie Calling, were also featured. Huh. Uh, I guess so, Steve. Yeah. yeah. She said, my ability to compartmentalize comes in handy when it's time for things like that. Uh, she said, I'm certainly, obviously, very happy and fulfilled in my personal life, but... I'm also a sum of many parts and able to access different parts of my story and how I got here. It's all valuable. She just described me, Preston. So that's the acting thing, how they can, you know, turn it on and turn it off. How good are you at compartmentalizing? Uh, I'm not good at all at compartmentalizing. (laughs) It's a good, or I think in ways it can be a really good attribute. I can do it. I can do, you know, so from watching my mother, 
you know, when she was sick and everything, to be able to say, okay, there, this stinks, but this is pretty good. So it's a, it's a good thing to have. Sometimes, though, you can uh, like put up walls. You yeah, know? It, it takes me, uh, like, um, in the heat of the moment, it's hard to do that. Right, like when, Asia told us. If, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If, we, if we learn nothing <laughs> from Asia. And that super they group were a from super group. Yeah. Um, but I, if, uh, at it, in the moment, if something is... is um, um, Inflammatory, you know, yeah. re- really intense. It's hard to com- compartmentalize at that yeah, moment. Yeah, no, I hear you. But you know, th- and there we go. I just think of the this more guitar. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll move on now. <laughs> I love it. Let's go with uh, Kristen Bell. Covers the November issue of Women's Health, and inside, she shares her love of carbs. And her need for a bagel break mid-morning. This is an incredible story, I think, because it really rips the lid off of the underpinnings of Hollywood and exactly how they get their carbohydrates. I got here late this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance break, to break, really break, go into all break, this. Well, you go down to Jimmy Lasheska, depending on more information on how this particular actress receives her carbohydrates. All right. Kristen Bell said... I have to eat carbs because I have to memorize 11 pages of dialogue, and I can't do that eating spinach and chicken. <laughs> Maury Povich? <laughs> Bell does restrict her diet somewhat, going mostly vegetarian but leaving room for indulgences. She said, if they make au gratin potatoes, I'm going to have some, but I'm mindful of the portion I take. <laughs> Am I really? <laughs> so let me ask you, does she give an indication? Oh. Of how long after she ingests normally does she make a bowel movement? <laughs> yeah. How are gotten potatoes not vegetarian? How are they? Because they're they're the cheese is well That's that is vegan. vegetarian. Yeah. Maybe maybe not uh, vegan, but she anyhow. puts bacon on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how they're not vegetarian. <laughs> I now, believe I believe I'm diminishing its vegan aspects by putting bacon all over it. Okay, so on alcohol. Uh, she speaks of this. So for, so for 10 years, she avoided alcohol because Dak Shepard, her husband, has been sober since 2004. But now she occasionally indulges, but she says she feels like she, quote, has the flu the next day. Hmm. On exercise. Okay. Now, this is where it's going to get dark. <laughs> I can't believe revealing. we're still here. <laughs> Listen, when you arrive late at work, it's like... Hey, Hi, Tom Brokaw, leading tonight's news. How to know if your dog is happy? Yeah, I got here late. Yeah, so we're uh, as these things are leaving my mouth, I'm finding out as well as you. Oh, that's so. great. It, the best kind of news is the news that the uh, news anchors learning at that moment as well. Rip and read. They Rip used to and call read. Us, yes, Steve, remember. You'd rip it off the teletype and just read it right then and there. Off your dot matrix printer. Mm. All right. Bell shared that when she needs a mental and physical pick-me-up, she turns to exercise. Well, there you go. It should be the first stop for anyone who experiences depression or anxiety because it encourages serotonin and endorphins. She's right. I feel so much more centered, patient, capable. It sets the next 40 hours, 48 hours for me. Any indication on how she approaches oral hygiene? No. Nothing about her brushing her teeth. All right, let's move on. This is uh, this is a little more uh, uh, substance in this particular story. Okay. Woody Harrelson and uh, Juliette Lewis reunited for the 25th anniversary of their classic crime spree pick, Natural Born Killers. What did, what did you think of that movie? It was weird. It's a mind bender. I, uh, I, I really I, thought it was cool. I can't say that I've sat through the entire movie to tell you the truth. It, because it's, I it, don't think I was in the mood to see something like that when I was watching it. You know what I mean? It's a social commentary. It's yep. pretty badass. It's it's sort of 
Tarantino-esque in a certain did little bit. Did he write it at all? Was, was he? Is there? Yeah. Is, okay. He's so one of the, he came up with a story. He came up with a story. Oh. And well, the, there you go. the rumor that I had heard was that it's sort of a continuation of the couple from True Romance. True Romance, mm-hmm. yeah. Which uh, I really love True Romance. I love True Romance. But Tarantino romance. didn't direct that. That was Tony Scott, I think. Right. But Tarantino wrote it. Wrote it. He, wrote he wrote it. it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, the whole um, sequence in her in her mind, or, or what her her younger life was like with Rodney Dangerfield as her dad, and they play it off yeah. like it's a sitcom. Yeah, that was really. It is weird. weird. It's weird. That's but Oliver Stone. It's pretty intense, man. But Oliver Stone was there as well, uh, and he held an anniversary screening and Q and A at Beyond Fest. He's talking about his new film, which is a Detective Pikachu two. <laughs> uh, he said, "I think it was a special movie." Uh, no, this is according to. Okay. Yeah, this is Oliver Stone said yeah. that, uh, and he said, "There's nothing quite like it." And it's one of a kind. Well, that's certainly true. What did he did he comment on bagels and uh, as, <laughs> no. a, as a food source? But he does like to get on the elliptical in the morning. <laughs> Gigi Hadid is toasting her sister Bella Hadid on her twenty third birthday. That's a, that seems like a weird thing to do to toast someone on their birthday. The twenty four year old posted a cute throwback of her cradling her baby sister at the beach. It is pretty sweet. I did see Aww. the picture. How many uh, how many Hadids are there in the these are the only two Hadids that I know. Well, there's of. a boy Hadid. Okay, uh, and thanked her mom Yolanda for oh, <laughs> yes, Yolanda. yes, yeah, for having her, having her sister uh, <laughs> writing uh, intl. What does intl mean? Uh, not internal <laughs> transcendental. No, there's an I that starts at oh, intl. I'm not international. Uh, international no, Bella Hadid <laughs> Day. No, right. oh, is it? I guess. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God Dear damn. Lord, you have I didn't say bless you the first couple times. Yeah, I you were well, done. that's what you get for not saying Adelaide. Uh, you know what? You're right. It's my yeah. own fault. You didn't effectively chase the demons so, out of his International Bella Hadid Day. She said, my very own custom cabbage patch kid I raised from the seedling. Thanks. And then she uh, tagged Yolanda. <laughs> Dot Hadid on that. I'm stalling. Okay, I got you. All right, so right. she said, Yolanda, I thought you were going to be cool. That's right. So it um, is a cute picture. Yeah. I didn't know their mom's name was uh, Yolanda. By the way, come on, Yolanda. What's Fonzie like? <laughs> Did I mention that her name is Yolanda? Right now, Yolanda. We're not going to do anything stupid, are we? All right. <laughs> Let me see what else we can get into here. Uh, how about this? Um, Oscar-winning Jeff Bridges has been uh, taking pictures on the set for 35 years of any movie he's been on or any show. The word that uh, comes to mind, uh, this is according to him, uh, or no, I'm sorry, of, uh, the Hollywood Reporter of his compulsion is Tourette's. He, well, he tells the Hollywood Reporter. Okay, well, go, listen, it's it's a cool story. It's his compulsion. He said, I started on Starman, and I just kept doing it, and you do something for so long, it sort of becomes a part of what you do, a habit as natural as picking up a book or a magazine. So he's collected his work. In two books, one published in 2003. These are all on-set pictures? Yep, and right. a second one is called Jeff Bridges Pictures, Volume 2. It is out October 14th from Powerhouse Books. Uh, it's 50 bucks, and Bridges will donate his proceeds to the Motion Picture and Television Fund. Well, I hope he's promoting that, because I would love to get him on to talk about oh, it. Man. Yeah. So what is your favorite Jeff Bridges movie of all wow. time? Wow. Of all time? I mean, it's a tough one, because obviously a lot of people go to the Lebowski, you know. The yeah, I'm, I like, Lebowski I like, thing. I like uh, Big Lebowski. I'm not a fanatic about it like some people are, but I tell you what, man, one of my favorite performances of him is Crazy Heart. Oh, shoot. I just, yeah. I know it's not as iconic as some of the other Crazy films, Heart is great. my God, is he good in that. Fearless, where he survives oh, the, plane the plane crash. crash, yeah. It's astonishing. Yeah. And the, the one he just did with Chris Pine, Casey, we love it. Oh. Um, 
Hell Hell or high water, water is amazing. Yeah. I know what I got to go with. It's what? certainly not a cinematic masterpiece, but Tron was a very important oh, yeah. movie to me growing up. And he played Flynn, and uh, I love that character. But, man, movie after movie after movie, the fabulous Baker Brothers. Yeah. I, I love Starman when I was a Star kid. Starman was yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, so but um, like Lebowski, I'm sorry, just yeah, hands down. Yeah. That's no, the one. I get it. I literally drank uh, White Russians for a year because. <laughs> of Steve, what about Iron Man? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. no, though. When you talk about the the performance in in, in Fearless and Hell or High Water, Hell or High Water is so amazing. Oh. Uh, you haven't seen it yet, right, Preston? No. Yeah, I mean he. It, you know, you talk yeah. about living in a character. It's just unfreaking real. Yeah. There's a scene in Iron Man where uh, he confronts one of the uh, um, uh, one of the uh, scientists. No, oh. no, and he's like, "Tony Stark made this in a cave, <laughs> yes. with a bunch of scrap." The arc yes. reactor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Looks at him, he's like, I'm, "I'm not Tony Stark." <laughs> yeah, uh, he's great in that. Uh-huh. He's he is excellent. good. Yeah. All right, so we can move on to clips now. Yes. We've birthed this entertainment report. We beat it to death. Uh, The Winchester Brothers return to save people and hunt demons for a final time in the fantasy series Supernatural. Jansen Ackles reflects on ending the show's long run in this clip. Here we go. We've gotten to a point where we feel really, really solid about where we are. We feel like we still have tons of energy, tons of passion, and tons of love enough for the show to go out with a bang. And I think that I would rather hang my hat on that. Yeah! All right, the 15th season 15th of season. Supernatural premieres on the CW at 8 p.m., by the way. By the way, the original plan was to go for, like, six seasons. Yeah. And, really? Uh, they've gone a little bit past that. Well, because yeah. they got Jensen Eccles and... Uh... No, I love the show. Honestly, I, I watched the show for the first six or seven years. Yeah. But it became, um, it just became as I, uh, as I've told you, Preston, it happens a lot with these CW shows is it gets very repetitive. Yep, yep. All right, next clip. Oh, I forgot. Mixtape is the ultimate rock experience where musicians share their own mixtape of meaningful music. Huh. Uh, here, guitarist Don Felder talks about the talent surrounding him growing up. Tommy Petty, myself, Stephen Stills, and Bernie Ledden all went to the same high school. We were in Battles of the Bands together with the Allman Brothers and Leonard Skinner over in Jacksonville. Shut up, dummy. That's wow, amazing. I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. That is wild. Uh, we had him in the studio. He was great. We did. I have. Uh, I was fortunate enough to bring in a guitar and have him autograph it. I got oh. it hanging up on my wall in my That's basement. Cool. I got to show you guys a picture. I finally hung up all my rock star memorabilia. What about your rock bathroom? Yes, is I got to take pictures. It's for the most part, it's done. Okay, I'll, I'll take pictures and show you guys. I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, a new episode of Mixtape is on uh, AXS or Access uh, Tonight TV tonight at 8:30 p.m. <laughs> by the way. All right, so that was seamless. You would not have known that you uh, did not have time to really prepare. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the word seamless. So uh, we are in a, roughly an hour from now, a little over an hour from now. We're going to have a mystery guest on the program, and it's a we're, we're having people just for fun try to guess to who it might be, and we'll have a prize. We'll give away a, a case of beer in the collective of correct answers. We will draw one winner. Um, we've had people loads and loads and loads of guesses. We've had four correct so far. Have you? Really? Excellent. Four of them what? got it right Stop so far. It. Exactly. Well, people so, who know our show will, yeah. will know. Yeah, so... 
Do you uh, want to give any more clues? No. Okay, yeah, that's what I think. Well, I, here's in, a clue. In the next it's not break. Tom Hanks. That's all right. And maybe in the next break or, or around Bizarre Foul, because we're going to have Mark Marin in here in a little bit, we will uh, we'll give you another clue. But the, the only clue we've had so far is this character, character, not actor. You won't know the actor. We'll reveal who that is later on and get to know this person. But uh, this particular character only appears in a film for a short amount of time, but it's a big movie. It's a pretty iconic character. You've heard the name before of the character. Yeah. Let's see if you know. Text what you think the answer is to 39333. I can't believe four people got it right from that description. I know. <laughs> what? I know. Either you know it or you don't, as they say. All right. We are going to take a break. Casey, I should give away some of these. We have a yeah. Cream of the Scream stop tonight. Bates Motel and Haunted Hayride. Number one Haunted Hayride in the country. It's I, I say it's like Universal Studios level stuff. It's it's amazing. We're going to take callers 10, 11, and 12 right now. 215-263-WMMR. Now, keep in mind, we're meeting up at 6 o'clock tonight. All right, so it's from 6 to 8. It's in Delco, and you can get the uh, details on the website. But uh, call right now, 10, 11, and 12. We'll set you up, and you'll be able to go tonight. 215-263-WMMRs. And then we're going to take a break. Uh, Money Shark coming up uh, less than an hour. Mark Maron's going to be here in our studio and more. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Here comes the MMR. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. What did you want to tell everybody? I just want $1,000. You sound excited. Because I just won $1,000. Congratulations on winning $1,000. Oh, my gosh. Tune in weekdays at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m., as well as 1, 4, and 6 p.m. to hear the hour's winning keyword. We'll give you 15 minutes to text the keyword to a special contest short code, 45911. And if you enter using your MMR mobile app or via WMMR.com, we'll also put your name in the hat for a $10,000 grand. And prize. Brought to you by Horizon Services, 24-7 heating, cooling, and plumbing. And by 93.3 WMMR. Our next guest is going to be performing at the Miriam Theater tonight. Uh, you know I'm from uh, movies and streaming shows and, of course, one of the best podcasts in the world. And we're happy he's back in town. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Marin is here. Yay! Hey, Mark. Am I on? Is it on? It is on. (laughs) And comedy. They know me from comedy. They do. That's why you're at the Miriam tonight. (laughs) Uh, We were checking our records, and I think the last time you came by for a visit was in our studio in 2012. I know. Look at us all turning old. Look at a bunch of old men now. That's why you got to shave your head. I I do? Is it it time? Well, what happens is it it at least removes that visual cue, you know? So (laughs) Then you're just the ageless bald (laughs) man. Exactly. How old is that Buddha? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You always yeah, you look good, Buddha. Yeah, Um, I don't know what I don't know when it happened to me though. Like I'm just starting to notice it now. For years, you look good though. No, you look good. I'm going to say I'm going to put you in the age defying category, and I I think because you have an iconic mustache. Oh, is that what I I think? That's it. Yeah, (laughs) I I finally have an iconic mustache. I think you because you can be drawn with it with your like your facial hair can. You're in one of the, the rare class of people, celebrities, yes. who can be defined by their facial hair. Yeah, just yep. in a sketch. I, I I used to do the the sort of a soul patch uh, yep. zapping yes. thing. Now you got I got full. some. Yeah, yeah, now I got a full beard going. But I think uh, I just noticed it a couple weeks ago. I think I I swept one uh, maybe last. Might have been last Wednesday. I woke up old. Like I, I, I feel like there was, everybody hits that moment right. where you look at the you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, it happened. It I don't did. know when it happened. Do you know what it is? It's uh. it's, it's like a, like sometimes 
Why does that jiggle now? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it is. It is. You, are you jumping up and down in front of the mirror? Look at me. Look yes. at it's all going. Uh-huh. It's all jiggling. It. Something hurts that didn't hurt before. That's happening. And the, the the time to recover takes longer. Yeah, if you ever do recover, it's the living with the hurting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I guess my toes are like that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, but I, I feel all right. I, well, I think so. You're in good shape. You've remained in good shape for, for quite a while. It takes work, man. You know, I was watching, I, uh, yeah. Mark, a uh, documentary just over last weekend on Sam Kennison. And you, uh, yeah. uh, you know, go, go back to that. And I, I think of all the ways, yeah. and, uh, knowing you were going to be in... Yeah. The bizarre, you know, fluidity of life, and there, there, you know, you're, you're, you're in that prominently. I uh, was, yeah, you're mentioned many times, yeah, in the beginning. So, so the what, what's this? What, where's this on? Yeah, it's, it's uh, all right or something. So, yeah. but, but long story short, you know, if you look at look at your career the way it's firing now, it's it's got to be wild to be where you were back then to gone through all you've gone through. Yeah. You know the the book is out. Uh, we yeah. are waiting for the punch. Yeah. Uh, the the shows, yeah. the the podcast, interviewing the the president, yeah. all of this stuff. Do you have time to take a breath and absorb it all, or do you just keep going? You know, I'm trying. It, yeah. You know, I I'm trying. I'm experimenting with experiencing peace of mind. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and happiness because I'm told it's beneficial to us, <laughs> and that's what we're working towards. Yeah. Uh, it does get to a point where y- you know because things turned around for me. Not later in life. I'm not like, you know, 70. But, I mean, my success came in my 40s. Yeah. And it does make a difference. I I, I know people are like, there people are like, uh, they say, like, does success really make a difference? Yes. Yeah. It does make a difference in terms of, because you spend so much time committed to something. Like, with comedy, I mean, that's all I wanted to do, and that's all that I really am. And when you do that, after a certain point, there's no plan B. You know, you get 20 years into something, and, and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, well, I could always... Oh man! Yes, <laughs> you're exactly right. There's, there's nothing there. What? What? The last job I had was a really legit job. Was I was a grill cook? You yeah. know, in college, I think before I committed to comedy, or worked at a coffee shop somewhere. So I don't. It's not lost on me that it's a, sort of amazing that I've I've pulled it out in yeah. the, in the second half here. But I am trying to appreciate it. Yeah, I'm trying to do nice things. I I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and fly first class if that's okay. And <laughs> yes, and the other treat yourself <laughs> because you you don't want to be that guy who 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 shuns all no, I don't, but I yeah. also have that brain of a comic where it's sort of like, I don't know when this money's going to go away. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know when the work's going to dry up. I don't know if I'm going to get that club date. Right. And I still have that survival kind of <laughs> mindset. Do you know but- what was very, very telling was, uh, and I always reference it because I think it's probably as as true a thing as you'll ever see, is Joan Rivers and her document, that documentary right at the end there, um, she had her book. Her, her schedule, and there yeah. was open space, even at her career, with the way everything was going I gotta fill that in. Yeah. Uh, so it's a day open. I got it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, well, I'm it never leaves you, does it? It doesn't. No. Yeah. But I, I'm always pretty busy. I'm like doing the comedy, and then I got. I'm on. Yeah, I do the TV show now, the Glow Show. We mm-hmm. got one more season of that. It's a great and, show. Yeah, it's a fun show. And then you know, and then I, the podcast <laughs> and Joker. You're, I mean, all oh, yeah. this stuff. I mean, the the, the 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 that's. I got a t- I got a hot you know like a tight. <laughs> 40 seconds in Joker. <laughs> hey, hey, you got more than uh, Brian Callen. Yeah. Callen's like, <laughs> is that him? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, got, you got more than Gary Goldman. Uh, no, Gary Goldman was kind of featured, but he's doing his act. Yeah. Right. I, I love him, by the way. Well, it was funny because I did a, there's this whole thing where, you know, I did a, a it was a longer scene with yeah. me and De Niro. Like, I, it wasn't the whole movie, but we right. did a walk and talk thing heading up to the dressing room where right. we enter. And that's where, that's where it's, that's where it, 
that's the scene in the Joker. But there's a whole other thing where I'm like, how you doing? What's going on? Let's not do this. The excise that. Well, yeah, yeah. I, because I, I asked a guy, uh, Todd Phillips, I said, did I, before I saw the movie, I said, am I in it? Did I make the cut? He <laughs> yeah. goes, well, we cut the walk and talk. And I was like, all right. He goes, we had to because he said there's not a scene in that movie that doesn't involve the Joker. Yeah. So it's completely from his point of view or he's always in every frame. So anything that didn't involve him that he wasn't in, they took out. And it okay. made sense to me. Okay. And he said that one... Like that scene, that walk and talk had nothing to do with Joker, so they really. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it made sense. You had a funny observation on uh, Colbert you're talking about. Oh, right? that, well, yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, I you know I get this opportunity. It's De Niro. It's right. freaking De Niro. Well, people like also, I, I'm fairly critical of Marvel movies. I get you know I've, I've gotten a lot of pushback. Well, as you can see, the, we're, we're fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I get a lot of pushback yeah. from the the, the 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 grown male nerd community. Yes. Has uh, you know, it gets very mad at me. But when they found out I did Joker, they're like, "No, oh, you're a hypocrite," and they're very excited that they think they won something. Yeah, but, uh, but we convert, we got him, we converted yeah, him. No, they were like, you know, this guy's opinion means nothing. Right, right, right. You know, he's a sellout. But the but the bottom line is, you get a call from your agent, and they're like, "You want to do a scene with Joaquin and De Niro?" I'm like, uh, "Yeah, it, it's in a it's in a comic movie." I'm like, "No, I didn't." Yes, of course. You know, <laughs> what am I? Of course, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right, right. So, uh, uh, all right. Can I ask you what your stance is on these comic movies? Because I, uh, are, are you um up there with like how Bill Maher feels about them? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, Bill has a tone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's delicate. <laughs> That's delicate. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm within that tone. Okay. I mean, I, I think you could put me in the mildly condescending. Right. Uh, you know, I have a problem with it culturally because I do believe that there's a fanatical sort of uh, commitment to them. I do believe that because of their popularity, they do push out other entertainment options. And I do believe that you know, I don't know that as a grown up, I've earned this uh, age that I'm at. I, I don't want to feel sort of a bullied to go see children's movies. Okay. You so know, I, I, I understand that. I understand that. Because, because people people who like those movies, even if they're grown-ups, yeah. they're, they're sort of like, come on. They're almost like uh, missionaries. For the, I mean, they're, they're just like a, a bunch of Disney stooges you know, who are trying to tell you it's like you know, this is their life. Well, right. Well, I, so, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a fan throughout all my life, and, and so it attaches to, to pivotal moments of my childhood. That. Sure. So, so, uh, but I, I, I understand it's the same way uh, vegans try to push, uh, you know, the, 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 the yeah. whole thing. And, and I, I think, think one is, rel- is more healthy. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you're getting any health benefits <laughs> from, 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 the, from the Avengers movies. <laughs> Well, Batman's like the DC Marvel's yeah. different, like, and I've yeah. used that joke. Like yeah. when people are like, "Yeah, you're doing a kind." It's a DC movie. So, right? <laughs> it's a little darker, a little more grown up, but a little I, more grown up. Yeah, I do understand it because I I love the movies. Yeah. I'm not a comic book guy. I didn't read the comic books growing up, so I don't have this like long vested interest in like, oh my god, it's finally happening. Um, I think it's a oh, it's a belief system, right? Right. I mean, these guys have been reading. Go ahead. Sorry. But no, no. My wife doesn't watch any of them, and I tried to have I think this. That's ar- something a lot of men say. <laughs> but I tried yeah. to have this argument with her. I'm like, yeah. no, it's really, really great cinema. But now, like hearing you talk, I'm like, okay, you know what? Listen, you're allowed to not be into them, and yeah. I need to just well, kind of well. like drop it right then and there. Like, okay, wow, you're, you're, look, at, I think if this feels like some sort of peace we, talk. We've made a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. you're just going <laughs> to drop it right there. That's interesting. You don't want. You sure you don't want to get online with an army of your peers? <laughs> no. And talk it's about too much work, man. Wow. That's an argument nobody's ever going to win. So yeah. Yeah. that's that's what gets me is why have that argument? Maybe just for the catharsis of having the argument itself. No, I tell you why. And my my producer Brendan uh, has explained this to me is because 
you know, this is a group of people that that were sort of marginalized in a way. The nerds were always sort of the brunt of the joke. Yeah. And now they own culture. Mm-hmm. They do. And they're not going to let it go. <laughs> so so anybody that's going to start pushing at it, they're like, no! <laughs> and it's always shrill and awkward, and yeah. they're, they're having feelings. What? And... Uh, well, it, you look at like Scorsese yeah. just caught. Uh, I think that was a reasonable. He, yeah, uh, he, and he's assessment. just he's just saying. Listen, if Martin, you you certainly have to entertain Martin Scorsese's view on things. It, it at its basic core, it's fun. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a diversion. It, it's 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 a harkening back but, nostalgically to for me for childhood. Right, uh, but it's it's not it's not a I don't want to leave childhood. But I I, I know what you're saying. I get yeah. bored. Yeah. I, I'm bored. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? The stories are simple, and I get it. Like I know they're like you ought to see uh, the one the uh, one with Hugh Jack. And right, what's that? Logan. One? Oh, you got, if yeah, you want to start, because I'm going to try to watch some. Yeah, just uh, for watch Logan. <laughs> but I, I, I think I'll start at the beginning. I've seen Iron Man. Yeah. I saw that, and yeah. I and I saw. I think that maybe Iron Man. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's okay. There's, <laughs> you don't. It's, it's really okay. again. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's, yeah. it's funny because it, we you know we deal with obviously that the station plays music and a song will come up and. The, it's the ultimate subjective thing. How do you respond to music? But that sucks. People speak in, in, in concrete. This is great. Yeah. No, it's I, the I, same with comedy. It's right. the same with everything. There's, right. These things are subjective. You don't have to like them. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, my problem is with those movies. Generally, I, I really do get bored. I mean, if you're not thrilled by dudes flying around and throwing <laughs> yeah. buildings and rocks and cars and things, you know, I, I don't know. It just it was never my thing. And I read some comics, but even the comics I read when I was right. a kid. We're not those. I read like Swamp Thing, oh, and then I went. I went into the gaming stuff. I, Hellblazer and Sandman. I, I like good stuff. I liked a lot of the underground world of comics. I like Daniel Klaus. I like that guy. What's his name? Burns, who does the eight the eight ball comics. So what Peter do you like? Bag. Do you like horror movies and stuff? No, nope. or, or you're not into that stuff. No, like I have no movies? patience. No patience for okay. that. I just kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what. <laughs> that feeling of suspense is not one of yeah. my favorite entertainment feelings. What yeah. what in the pop culture realm? What's your what's your go to genre? What what do you most find yourself being drawn to when you go to a movie? If you have, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I just I've been watching Succession. Uh, oh, okay. oh, I just started watching that. I love it. Everyone love raves way, about it. Yeah, well, the way they talk to each other is amazing. Because yeah. it's not real, but it's like there's such a the emotional weirdness mm. of the whole thing is great. I just rewatched the entire. Breaking Bad. Me too. Mm-hmm. Well, you did? Yeah, well, uh, Preston and I did, uh, what, a year or so ago, and now I'm, I've watched the last few episodes again because of the uh, Netflix movie that's coming out with uh, Jesse. I went to the premiere. Oh, how was, how was it? How was it? Can we ask? Uh, Whose phone well, is going? It's yours, know. I think. Is it mine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, that happened at the end of Hamilton on Tuesday night. Hey, it's time to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your alarm. It's 7.30. Yeah, it's oh, my God. I don't, it's on the nose. I don't, oh, uh, yeah, I almost know. didn't wake up because I thought I said it, and I didn't say it, but I woke up anyway. Yeah. The movie's good. It's good. It's almost like... I think he made it just because he he's like these guys were so great. Let's just make one more movie. Okay, I can one see more that thing with this. I'm yeah. fine with that. Uh, but it, uh, the premiere was great. I don't usually go to a lot of those, but because I'm on a Netflix show and I've done specials and I've been on a few of their shows, they invite me, and I was like, I'm going to go to this yeah. one. Yeah. So I wore this shirt, the one you kind of. Uh, <laughs> I love. You, he's wearing a denim shirt. And yeah. I really like. it, it, oh, that, well, thank you. I, I mean, I know it's stiff. I know it's new because I knew the way you said it. It's like you're like, wow, where'd you get that shirt? It was it was a compliment, but they were sort of like a little new. It's a little. Yeah. You know, maybe you might want to break that in. Right. Is it itchy? Where'd you get that brand new denim shirt? Had an edge to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just got that, didn't you? you know, like, <laughs> it wasn't a full-on compliment. Yeah. Like, that, that's, a, that's a denim shirt you got. There. <laughs> That thing is really denim, isn't it? In the world of denim, that's, that's is passive aggressive. <laughs> Look, we, we got to work on him. We got to work on him. That's hilarious. But, wanna... oh, but the movie. Yeah. So I'm still like crazy because I get, I still get kind of starstruck. And it's, it's just kind of because I walk the carpet. I don't have to. But I'm not in the movie. But yeah. then you get that picture. It's like also at the premiere. I was there, you know. But that's, I'm, 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 sure, the, I'm sure Netflix encourages you if you can because you're a Netflix. Yeah, and yeah. I wore the, this denim shirt. That was the first. There it is. There, There's the picture you got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's the denim shirt on its first appearance publicly. Same pants, too. That, same it pants. is the same pants. Uh-huh. I got four things, dude. I, I don't. I, don't, I got, I got but, two pairs of pants I wear at any one time and three shirts. Too stylish. I yeah. love the dude, do we have magazine it? where they say he really Who? loves his, and it's like five pictures of you in the denim shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm breaking it in. So, But sure. the... But I get starstruck, and I and also there's a weird mixture of like, do people know who I am, and yeah, can yeah. I approach them? There's some of them I I do. Like I saw Ed Begley there. Ed Begley gave me a big hug. And that's uh, not Ed nothing. Begley's great. That's not nothing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I saw uh, Jonathan Banks. Oh, from who plays Mike. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if he does know me, but I walk up to him because <laughs> I grew up in Albuquerque, and they shot the whole thing in Albuquerque. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my buddy from second grade uh, lives in an apartment building that Mike just got a place in because they shoot out there all the time with Saul and everything else, and they've become friends. So I walk up to Mike. I'm like, my buddy Dave's your buddy. And he's like, oh, yeah? And I'm like, <laughs> and then I realize like, he, he doesn't have no idea who, who I am. Like, I just, like, I don't think he yeah. does. I don't think he gets starstruck. Oh my god! No, Jonathan but, Banks. He, he does not impress me as the type that's uh, that's uh, he's pretty nonplussed. But yeah, definitely. But the the thing that got me like Cranston was nice to me because he's been on the show, and I saw Jesse Plemons, who I've not talked to, but he's uh, like he was, you know, he knew I was, and we talked. I listened to me. I'm like, some of them know me. <laughs> some of the celebrities know me. <laughs> but but <laughs> but uh, we get we get the same way. I know, right? Hey, we know David Faustino. Yeah, he yeah. came here. Yeah. Was he here? Yeah, he was here. What? Kathy doesn't remember. I don't remember. Hey, Obama would know you. If you walked into a room and he was there, he would recognize you. Yeah, I think he's I think he's he might remember. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty special. Yeah, it was. The president yeah. came over. But one second, I got I, 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 I to find out. Yes, please. So I'm at the we premiere. And so I many things. From behind me over at the, and the, people are sort of talking before the movie started. And I hear uh, I hear Hank's voice. You know, the, the, yeah. you have Hank from the, the cop in Breaking yeah. Bad. And I, don't, oh. I didn't even know the actor's name, but I'm like, there's Hank! <laughs> I want to talk to Hank! <laughs> like, when I interviewed Cranston, I swear to God, when I did that, I was so immersed in the show, it was years ago, that I could not separate him from, from Walter White. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, throughout the entire interview with him, I'm like, I, I think I need to talk to Walter. So there there's certain characters that really impress. Like, Hank's such a great, that guy's yeah. great. What's yeah. his name? Dean something or other. Norris. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great I character so, actor. I, I, I felt myself excited. Like, there's Hank, and he sounds yeah. just like Hank talking <laughs> to other people. But, yeah, Obama is no Hank. Right. But, yeah. uh, but it, it, exciting. Yeah. The Speaking of Obama, the podcast, WTF with uh, Mark Maron. Ten-year uh, anniversary, man. You've you've really yeah you've really made that a, a just a, a mainstay, and, and it's you do it right. You kind of do... What we like to do as a radio show, we just have conversations, and, yeah. and we dive into whatever comes up. You have a, a basic idea of what you want to talk about, but it, you right. head down You do your paths. homework. A little bit. Yeah. Poke around a little bit. Sometimes I miss things. But you, you got to get used to people saying, like, why didn't you ask him about it? <laughs> <Roz>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should have told it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's got to be on your terms. But, but uh, you know, you're... you're um, 
so so initially your your interviewing skills your chops were they developed on on, on like Air America or had you you know did you did you have a a, a good um Good well, rapport, a conversation ability, because you, again, I told you early before we went on that when we first started, our interviews kind of sounded like interrogations as opposed to just conversations. Mm-hmm. And when when did the switch well, that's for you? A, I think that's a style yeah, initially. Yeah. You know, you want to get these moments. It was like the uh, audio equivalent of clickbait. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, no, you kinda, you're exactly right. right. You kind of want to like, you know, let's get them on this one. Like, I never, I, I don't, I, I don't do morning radio as much as I used to because right. I don't know what I'm walking into. <laughs> I know you guys. Right, right. But even phoners, you want to be on a phone with a bunch of monsters who are just looking to tear you down, yeah. and you've got no way to defend yourself because you're on a phone. Yeah, yeah. So, but but my style really was more about uh, you know inviting people I knew over to talk about my problems. Yeah. Uh, so having celebrities over to talk about my problems yeah. and maybe find some midway. It's a disar- It's a disarming entree into into a good conversation. Yeah, but I was in trouble. I was yeah. bitter. I was cynical. I had people I had to apologize to. But yeah, wow. so it sort of evolved like that from like a twelve step almost. Yeah, like, almost, yeah, yeah. almost like I need to make an amends or like yeah or like do you like me or like I don't I'm not comfortable with you. Uh, but it was always very personal, and it just kind of evolved from there. What would, so your most listened to podcast would be, mm-hmm. I guess, the, the the specific episodes, the Louis C.K. Right, the two eps, with Todd Louis. Glass. I don't know if I don't know which ones are the most. I'd have to ask Brendan, but you know, the Obama one is always evergreen. Like yeah. right now, like the most recent six months are always free right. on. Uh, WTFpod.com or Stitcher it has the archive. And then after, if you want to go back before six months, you got to go Stitcher premium kind of deal. But, yeah, I don't know how many people listen to Louie. There was a two-doubleheader with Louie. That was a big podcast. I don't know how many people are going back to that. I thought your uh, I thought your 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 um you know, it was as sincere a sentiment as I've ever heard relayed, um, you know, about a friend of yours yeah. who's done something that uh, is is not right. Yeah. But you, you know, <clears throat> again, I think this is a, something, a, a muscle that you've developed over years of just living your life and, and, and kind of laying it all out bare. But just and I thought it was so genuine. And it's all of us have people in our lives like. That's them, and yeah. I take them yeah. for what I, I take them for what they are, and I, I you know I know them on other levels that you don't, and yeah. this is how it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. We don't talk anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> really? Has, yeah. has it gone asunder because of that? Well, no, I don't know asunder. It's just yeah. like you know, I don't. I don't know who you know what his wife is now. I mean, okay. after after that stuff went down, you know, I addressed it honestly, and I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was reasonable. It was. It was and, more than reasonable. Uh, yeah. And you know, it, he's you know he's got to go through what he's going to go through. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I want to ask you kind of a nerdy radio question because um, you, with, with you and Brendan, and when you're at the red carpet, do you do you see Dean Norris and say, Man, "I want to, I want him on the show"? Or, you know, if you're in Philadelphia, you're at the Merriam, and you meet somebody that would be good for the podcast do you, I've gotten do you book a, guests that way oh, i've gotten a little more respectful in that way what about with de niro well i mean he doesn't do that kind of stuff i talked to de niro briefly you know and not briefly i mean he's a nice guy he was he was present the day i started shooting the joker was the day they found a bomb at his building oh and yes you know, but he was handling pretty Bad well timing. <laughs> well no but like you know he looked at the other people that got bombs he was like i'm in pretty good company <laughs> you know, like, it's like hillary yeah. and you know, yeah, the yeah. other but uh, but he was dealing with that. But he's, you know, he if you really think about him, he didn't. He never even appeared on Carson, really. Hmm. Like he's just not that guy. He's not a big right. talker. Like I've run into Brad Pitt many times. For some reason, Brad Pitt's a fan of my TV show of Marin. Like, and he's watched it several times. Yeah. Like I've seen him at two different events, and he's like, "Oh man, that your show! I'm watching it again." I'm like, "Really?" And uh, 
And I've, I've asked him, I said, well, if you ever want to come on, he goes, I'm not, I'm not a good interview. I'm really not a good mm-hmm. interview. I don't and know if De Niro would be. That. No, that's, that's the thing. So I don't ask that. But I've also become a little more aware of, like, not asking people in public. Like, you know, at some point, you know, I'm not the guy who's like, hey, man, you know, can you do my show? Can you do my podcast? Like, I'm sort of in the world now. So I have to, you know, I'm acting. I'm doing things. I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. But you don't want to pester people because I know how that feels. What? Of course they're going to say, of course. You know, they're going to say, yeah, I'd love to. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to follow up? <laughs> right, and then, yeah. you follow, then eventually you, you talk to a booker or a publicist, and they're like, he's not doing anything now. Right, yeah. Especially not you. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> when they go out of their way to say, especially not you, that's yeah. what hurts. Well, that, they don't yeah, say yeah. that. But, you, <laughs> but, but I, I, you know, I try to do it through proper yeah. channels unless it feels right. Well, yeah. thanks for coming in this morning because I, I booked this interview, and uh, we, originally we were going to do a phoner with you, and you decided to come in, which is cool. And, and, and it, to see you uh, happy and chipper and upbeat is good. I know you've been dealing with nicotine withdrawal, and I wanted to ask you how that's going. It's all right, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm coming through it. I think I'm at like seven weeks, oh, and I was nice. I wasn't even smoking, man. I was doing those lozenges. Uh, so the, that was the deal, huh? I loved them. I loved. I did, did you ever flirt with the uh, the vaping thing? No. Okay. No, I, I knew right away that there had to be something wrong with something's going to be an issue. Well, yeah, yeah. What, what's in it? How how are they making that? Who's in charge? That's the question. Yeah, isn't I, I, I want to know if it's a it's a, a kind of a well known you know historical cigarette company making me sick. I you know these vapes. It's like where's the goo coming from? What are you putting in there? I, you know, where, it, where's your goo coming if, from? If it's not Philip Morris or yeah, yeah. you know R.J. Reynolds, I don't want anything to do with that. Chinese goo. Yeah. So, so, Chinese or- goo. What is it? How is that not going to be bad? <laughs> well, why'd you why'd you start trying these lozenges? Who turned you on to that, or where'd you get the idea to do that? Well, I've been wrestling with nicotine my whole life, but okay. I haven't really smoked a cigarette in over a decade. So there was a period there. What happens with me is I got off the smokes. I think I had one cigarette during a Keith Richards interview, but I knew I was on the lozenges, and I because he he made me smoke with him. All right, he, of All course, right. Yeah, Keith yeah. Richards, and yeah. he's he's got a bit of charm when it comes to getting people to do things that are bad for you. So yeah. we've heard. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done that to an entire generation, <laughs> <laughs> several. But uh, but no, and like I was, I do the gum. It took me years to sort of quit, but then I kind of leveled off on lozenges. I was on gum for a while, but they're not good for your jaw. And then someone, Tom Rhodes, another comic. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. him in. He's sure. great. Yeah, he turned me on to Walgreens, uh, cinnamon, <laughs> four milligram lozenges. So okay. Cinnamon, okay. See, I was always the mint lozenge guy. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I Yeah, and I don't do the mint. I don't mind them in a pinch. I'll do them. You know, you're, why when cinnamon? You're an, when you're an addict, you'll do anything. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, the mini ones are too much for me. The little ones dissolve too quickly. So were you, in effect, like chain sucking? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Are you yeah. kidding? I loved it. I, I looked forward to them like cigarettes. So... But what happens to me is I'll, I'll get off everything like I am now, and then I'll decide, like, I think I can have a cigar. Yeah. And then I'll have a cigar, and then within two weeks, I'm having two, three cigars a day. Yeah. And I feel like my mouth is rotting. <laughs> so then i got to get back on the lozenges to get off the cigars, and then I'm locked on those. So you got to look at then- me because I'm the only one who is currently addicted to nicotine, and I... I 130% know exactly what you're talking about. What are you on? Yeah. Just well, the mints? No, no. Now I'm on... on Oh, you're dipping. Yeah, the thing is, like with that, I've done that. But I was, a, I was, but I'm not smoking. But I'm not. I, I get it. But, I, but my lungs are okay, Mark. I, I get it. I get it. I mean, I, I there was a period there was I was in I was getting imported snus from like Norway or oh Sweden. God. Like someone got me involved with snus. Yeah. Oh which yeah. Was, uh, 
I think Swedish, right? Yeah. Originally, yeah. but there's a whole catalog of there's a hundred different snooses <laughs> from Sweden, and they say like it doesn't cause cancer, which and you is can ridiculous. It, and you're not what, spitting. But I was ordering this stuff that was so strong, yeah. like it was like heroin. Like you know, it's just a packet <laughs> of snooze, and I put it in, and I'd be like, oh man, yeah. I got to sit down. <laughs> but like in my mind, as a sober guy, I'm like, but I'm not doing anything bad, it's right? Like, you're well, sober too, guy. I'm sober. Sober seven yeah. and a half years, and I was actually nicotine free when I got sober. Yeah. And then about three months into my sobriety, I'm like, well, uh, oh, this you is, need something. I need something. I got this gigantic hole that yeah. I need to fill, and yeah. I'm gonna fill it with nicotine and caffeine, and that's kind of where I'm at now. It, but it, it's 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 yeah. the it's the the dom. Uh, my brother who had never smoked in his life when he became sober, he started smoking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been through oh, so much. I got 20 years sober, so I've been through a lot of different options. Yeah. With the. <laughs> but I'm looking at you. You're not even drinking coffee. I'm you like, got food. I, yeah. You I'm got like, nicotine. Sex. You got sex. Yeah, and those are my. You know, if I can move those around, yeah. Yeah. I go through a rotation. <laughs> yeah. Like, the one thing I never do, thank God, is gamble. Yeah, there's just oh, gamble. gamble. No. I never got that sickness. Yeah. I do not like losing money. There's yeah. no. I've never had an experience with gambling that I won so much money yeah. that I felt so great that I got to spend my life trying to do that's that. That's funny. I, I get nervous while gambling. I don't. I, there's no rush uh, or. Oh, that, or that high is the me. rush. That, that nah, the nerves. That is the rush. Yeah, but it you doesn't know, work for you. It, right. Yeah. Mark, you know, have, you ever, have you ever seen some? Because I've seen a good friend of mine. Yeah. The first time we went to Vegas, yeah. I saw that switch flip. Oh man. And I and I literally had to take his ATM card because <laughs> wow. he was going to go hard. Really? Yeah. And I said, dude, you need to put this in check now because he he would have. Tapped out everything. It was crazy. I lost, I think, the most I lost was $800 in an evening. Wow. And uh, I'm still mad at the hotel. I tap out at like 40. Yeah, it still like, hurts me. Well, that's anyway. why casino ATMs put out in $100 bills. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, they, they oh, got you. you know. I can't do it. Yeah. And I'm a bad poker player, too. <laughs> I want to, real quick, Robert's been on hold for like 25 minutes. And I would, if I cut him off, De Niro? I'd be like a jerk. No, De Niro. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. Hey. Him, yeah. hey, what's up? <laughs> you had a question for Mark Maron. Hey, Mark. I uh, listen to every single episode. Really love the podcast. Thanks. What is taking so long with the garage renovation, and what are you doing in there? Okay. All right. That's a very specific Thank question. I Thank you, Mr. That. De Niro. He's saying it with anger. He's angry at me. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it sounds pretty good in the room I'm doing it in. I've worked very hard. I had a kid make sound panels. I'm, I'm all set up in the bedroom. Yeah, because you originally started in your garage. Well, the the old house, I got yeah. a new house. Yeah. Right. But the old house, yeah, it was a cluttered garage, and I was there for years. And then I got this new house that has a garage, but it already sort of had the work done. The family that lived there before right. had a kid out there that they didn't want in the house, I guess. Okay. And they, they, <laughs> but they put a bathroom. There was a full bathroom, and it looked perfect for a studio for me, right? So I get this house, and I love the house. And then I get tagged the week after I get the house. That the I knew it wasn't done on permit. They got to tell you that. But oh. you roll the dice. You're like, oh, who's going to find out? Yeah. Well, I think the city sent people out you know, to open houses to see if there's unpermitted work. So it's not on permit. So the, what's taken so long is with the, where I live, you've got a couple of options. Either because the city has it down as a garage. So either you got to make it back into a garage. Right. Or you got to get the paperwork to make an accessory dwelling unit, which is right. basically make a house out of it. Right. So I went with that. So they're putting, like, they're making it a house. I mean, it's ridiculously expensive. That, but my, what about my, your taxes? I assume it... it, it 
I think I don't know how that affects that. What the living space? Right, right. Well, point. no, it's going to have its own address. Yeah, because oh, you're seriously? saying it's going to be higher taxes. I think it would have to be right. Oh, you, no, you now, don't tell the city. <laughs> oh, you're just like, I mean, you basically have two residents. You have two homes on your property. Then, right? If, I, if they're if they're classifying it as a home, a separate home, wait, it's well, going to no, be a separate home. Adjacent? Home? No, no. I mean, it's 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 a rentable property. Oh, okay. But it's not right. a separate address. Is I think it? it does can have a separate. I think it does like have a, a separate like a unit. In my years, I found that the 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 state. The city usually demurs oh, from extra man, ways you're to ruining get... everything. <laughs> I think the right, but it's but, uh, a business location, so you can write. That. I don't even know if I can say that. <laughs> you but fortunately, ask... we're in Philadelphia, right? No one. Not... <laughs> yeah. You want to add I'm a second show tonight? The, but... I'm assuming the guy that tagged my house <laughs> yeah. is not following me around. Don't, don't say anymore. But, but but that's the thing is like I'm gonna have a studio that's gonna have a kitchen yeah. in it. You can cook in there. We yeah. can make a uh, well, that Robert guy on the phone. He's he's not a fan of the show. He's actually calling. He's a, he's a city employee. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles. <laughs> and he's yeah. that's yeah. the guy. Yeah. Wait, but that's crap. They nabbed you after you bought the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I, you know, usually before. you get ratted out with that stuff. Usually yep. you got a neighbor who sees your building. Yep. But this thing had been built years ago. It, I really can't. I can't figure it I out. I think your open house idea that word got out as people were checking out the property yeah. and that. That's probably it. Yeah, that, that, I, I think that so. makes the most sense. But I'll tell you, the thing is going to be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be nice, and I'll go out there. I'm going to have a hard time deciding whether I should you know, live in that house <laughs> and just rent the main house or do the podcast. You have there. options. Uh, listen, if you're just tuning in, it's Mark Marins who is here. He's going to be performing at the Miriam Theater tonight, 730. Tickets available at Kimmel Center. They're going fast. .org. So here's the deal. We need to take a break because we're doing this contest uh, that we have to get on time at 8 o'clock. So I want to take a break. But did you want to stick around for a few minutes? Yeah, you, you think I want to drive back in traffic? <laughs> okay. As long as Mike, the driver's cool, I'll hang oh, out. And yeah, we should talk, give props, by the way. It's uh, Dave's limo uh, hooked us up. They're, they're always awesome. Uh Dave's limo, driven by Mike, owned by Bob. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. Loved okay. by everyone. Loved, Loved by, by everyone. Yeah, I'll hang out. Uh, so awesome. because we have a mystery guest coming up. Now, Mark knows who it is. We haven't told anybody who this is, and you're kind of intrigued as to who we're going to have on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it'd be cool if you could stick around for that. But we're having people guess, and a few people, a handful of people have gotten it right. Yeah. That is crazy. It's a character, not an actor that we're looking for, a character who appears in a pretty iconic film for a very short amount of time. You can text who you think it is to 39333, and from those correct answers, we'll grab a, uh, a winner. we got a case of beer that we're going to give away. Is it yards we're giving away a case? Yeah. All right. Um, so, listen, we're going to take a break. Mark Maron's going to stick yeah. around. We'll have the B-File coming up. Money Shark Contest is on the way next, and then our mystery guest after that. We'll be right back. Here we go. Here comes the MM Army. What's going on? Thursday at 6, Steve, Casey, and Marissa bring the cream of the scream to Bates Motel and Haunted Hayride at Arasapa Farm in Glen Mills, voted the number one haunted hayride in the country. Now with zombie laser tag, escape rooms, and axe throwing. Join Brent Force Thursday from 7 to 9 at Maggie's Waterfront Cafe in Northeast Philly for the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle. Enter to win Eagles tickets and sign Eagles merch courtesy of Bud Light Platinum and enjoy $3 Bud Light 20-ounce drafts and platinum bottles. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. You're just jumping in. We have uh, hanging out in our studio this morning. It's a real uh, honor to have him as uh, kind of a, 
a guest host on our show. Well, sort a of a residency, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Mark Marin is here. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to do a little crew work. Just hang out with the crew. <laughs> work for the morning. And, uh, I like being in morning radio. It's it's so funny when you've done it in your life where where uh, that that moment where it's like we we're back in four minutes. Oh, I'll eat, I'll eat breakfast then. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you have this weird clock uh-huh. in your head. How about uh-huh. forty seconds? No problem. Gonna get some coffee. Yep. I'll be back in thirty. Well, you when you were doing morning radio, you're doing so news, and it's a lot more intense. When, when people know when they hear songs, it's yeah. a bathroom break for us here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, and sometimes you're, you you get a little extra time. But yeah, it, it is. Well, it's, it's funny when we we do we do cut-ins with the local Fox station on on Wednesday. TV time, live TV, is mm-hmm. so much different than. We're much more casual. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. very precise on yeah. TV. But we have, and, and also we do live commercials during the commercial breaks. Yeah, too, we do. So yeah. we actually have to sometimes, if you don't plan out your pee break pop properly, yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of peas. There's <laughs> a lot of yeah, You handled it well. That was, that was some pro. On your podcast, yeah. you have an opportunity to hang on. We got to pause for a second and <laughs> yeah. then and just put it, you know, pause you it and then come back and finish. Yeah. Something funny was like, uh, like I heard, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but another big regional. A morning show guy. Yeah. I heard him. He was uh, complaining about podcasts. Like, you know, the, the like one of those dinosaur conversations. These kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These podcasts, they don't know what they're doing. This guy actually goes, they don't know how to reset. Why would you need to? Yeah. They know what they're listening to. Yeah. Right. They, they yes. downloaded it. Like, You're right. Oh they God. had no idea how to reset or yeah. tease. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. We do have to tease, that. though. We do have to tease. I, I will say, though, um, because we have two really decent comedy clubs in the city and then obviously theaters like the Merriam, that we, that we have a lot of comedians come into our studios. And sometimes we're fighting an uphill battle. And I think you touched on it in the uh, previous segment about having to do morning radio and really not knowing what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, and, I, but I, I love morning radio, and yeah. you guys are, are really the best. And it's fun, and it's not it's not going to get weird. But I, I, you get in weird situations, whether yeah. it's political or whether it's an ego issue. Right. I mean, back in the day, there were some dudes who were doing morning radio. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, you know, you're not a dictator. You're not you're not the king of the airwaves." <laughs> you, you know, like I remember one time I was in Florida, and 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 I did a show with Bubba. You know, and he walked out of the studio. Yeah. I got there, and I don't know what his problem was. Bubba the Love Sponge and dropping names. It's a monster. So, like, I get there, and he's like, I don't know what his problem with me was, but he left the studio, and I didn't know well enough at that time. I should have just jumped on that mic and taken over the show. Yeah, absolutely. But at that time, I was like, what's what's going on? There is a dynamic. We've never gotten it. Yeah, no, we never got that. And we always, we saw early that the road to ruin was buying your own crap. Like, we knew where we were in the past order and you you know we've seen careers people just get like so so full of themselves i'm but like it, this this uh, we never take for granted the opportunity in the morning to share time with people who are going to work yeah. you know we've all been in that's that. the, well that's the greatest thing about it is like the juice the kind of energy that you have yeah. to generate because yeah you, people are relying on you You can't get on these mics <laughs> like no no and then, <laughs> I don't feel great today. You, okay. That's, I've seen that happen too, though. Yeah. You know, it's weird about me just saying that guy's name is like I guarantee you, there's going to be back. There's going to be a backlash of nine guys on the internet going, "Got problem with Bubba?" Yeah, you know what? Maybe I do. I don't know. I don't even know that guy. Anymore. 
But uh, <laughs> but I, by the time when I was in San Francisco, though, yeah, the dude, the big guy in that market was Alex Bennett, right? And he did the morning thing, and and, and in the eighties, he had uh, he had really helped build the comedy scene there, and he'd have three comics on every morning. But by the time I got there in the nineties. You know, the comedy scene was sort of, it was a little dead. Yeah. And, but he was still dragging the comics, and we all felt like we had to do it. But by that point, he was just this guy that literally would just complain about his health. He would <laughs> he would get on the mic, and, and I sort of got an hour of the show was like, do you feel like you're getting something? I feel I feel like, like I, I'm a little sweaty, kind of my stomach. Did anybody else have that? And I'm like, this is what people are driving to work to? Like, right. So if you're remotely hypochondriacal, you would not want to listen to that yeah, show. Just yeah, just sort of yeah. like, I think I I gotta go to the doctor. You know, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Was what were the advertisers doctors on the show just to get the? You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's just the personalities, and I think he's still around. It might be interesting to interview him. But I, oh boy, well, you know, I there, get, there's something. Wow. There's, I think that's linear to to stand up comedy, though, and 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 you know, you've you've done your. Uh, uh, off Broadway stuff and, yeah. and and all that stuff. There there is there's sort of a, a more uh, an immediacy, a level of that, and and there's there's a similar dynamic. It's it, it's a direct contact or, or at least a connection. We can get feedback on the phones and so on and so forth. It's in real time. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, when I when I I didn't know how to do it when I got the job at Air America, but I just took to it and I love these mics and I I like yeah. doing live radio. It's exciting. Yeah, 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 I agree. It's, I agree. It's, yeah. Well, we got to We got to do this uh, this quick segment. Business. We got business. Got just a segment. We want, we want you to. Uh, to participate <laughs> and then we're going to come back with our mystery guest and uh mark's going to participate in that interview as well it's just a little round table we're going to hang out but it's it, we'll take a, a last few guesses here as to who our mystery guest might be it's a character we don't expect you to know the actor's name very short appearance in an iconic film and you're going to be really surprised and intrigued at who it is when we have him on if you want to guess who it is text your guest at 39333 of the correct answers, we'll just grab one random winner and we'll give you a prize. We'll get, we got a case of uh, Yards beer that we'll give away. Uh, but we need to do the Bizarre File. i got a couple of stories here. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by Robbins Diamonds and tax-free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robbins Delaware Diamonds. We'll start with a Florida woman story. <laughs> Here we go. She burned down a historic 3,500-year-old tree while smoking methamphetamine and was arrested on charges of trafficking meth recently. Sarah Barnes was arrested Friday after deputies executed a search warrant at a home, found a plastic container inside a washing machine that had 22 grams of meth in it. Deputies said they also found 16 grams of meth inside a plastic drawer in the garage. Now, in 2012, Barnes admitted that she burned down a tree named the Senator while smoking meth. The 118-foot-tall bald cypress was about 3,500 years old and was the fifth oldest tree in the world. So, what, was there any sort of protection around this tree? Was it, or was it just available for all meth smokers? I think to... it was just out there. If you smoke meth, oh my come god! On. Okay. Uh, so, agent said Barnes took pictures of the fire and downloaded the images to her cell phone and computer. <laughs> Looky here. Uh, officials said she showed people the images and said, "I can't believe I burned down a tree older than Jesus." Uh, she remains jailed on $25,000 bail as we speak. 3,500 years. Meth decision. There you go. <laughs> and I, I love this story. This is in Colorado. A friendly Canadian and another hiker were responsible for what was likely the most comical mountain rescue of the year. And, Nick, you were recently part of a mountain yeah. rescue. 
Uh, this was on Quandry Peak. Uh, the crews were called to a report of a distressed party on the north ridge of the 14,266-foot mountain Jeez. when a hiker saw two men about a half mile away who were waving and yelling. Several rescue teams headed up the trail with rope gear, expecting to find people stranded on a cliff. But as they made their way up, a group of hikers headed down the mountain told them that the distressed party was just a couple of hikers from Canada being typically (laughs) Canadian-friendly. Yeah, (laughs) Just being nice. Nice. Hey! Hi! Yeah. Hi! The learning point, if there is one, according to the uh, rescue group Facebook post, is that, well, hey, we love friendly Canadians (laughs) or other friendly hikers just as much the next guy, but it might be a good idea to make sure that your wave doesn't look like a distress signal. Uh, only one hiker was actually from Canada. The other one was from Pennsylvania. Uh, but they explained the, to rescuers that an international sign for distress, or at least as they knew it, is two arms pointed to the sky forming a Y, not a simple wave. So maybe that led to some confusion on the map. Is mountain. that right? So the, the international... Nick, you know that, Nick? Yeah. Uh, I probably should have known that before I went out to Colorado. <laughs> I have a hard time, to, you know, kind of deciphering the difference between distress and joy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, there's, yes! a, yeah, there's a blur. Yeah. All right, one last, We're on a mountain! One last story here. An Arizona man was willing to go to extreme lengths to get his noisy neighbors upstairs to pipe down. Uh, and he ended up in critical condition at a hospital because of it. The man first went upstairs Sunday night and banged on his neighbor's door. When that didn't work, he went back down to his apartment and pulled out a gun. Police said he fired multiple shots at his ceiling, but one of them struck his own face. <laughs> So he shot himself in the face while so trying to keep his neighbors quiet. His progression was knock on the door and then shoot through the floor. Exactly. Officer said nobody else was hurt by gunfire except for the guy who shot himself in the face. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for now. All right. We are going to take a break, and we're going to come back. Mark Marin is here with us. We are going to have our mystery guest on. We'll tell you who wins if we indeed, uh, well, we do have a couple of uh, correct uh, guesses on that. Uh, but I want to give away, Casey, give me some cream of the screen yes. uh, passes. So tonight uh, we are headed to the Bates Motel. This is yep. stop number two on the cream of the screen. Uh, the Bates Motel and Haunted Hayride. It is a number one hayride in the country. And we will take uh, the next three callers and put you on the list. 215-263-WMMR. Check out the new additions for 2019. The zombie laser tag, escape rooms, and axe throwing as well. So we'll get you on board. Coming back with our mystery guest. Oh boy. Don't move. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Stephen has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Before we reveal who our, our mystery guest is, uh, like I said, Mark Marin is in here, and he's interviewed a ton of people as well. And Steve and I, through the years, have contended. It's wonderful to get the big, shiny, awesome names that you know. But from time to time, you get characters on who you didn't expect were going to be a great interview, and those are our absolute favorites. Oh, they yeah. are. They and, are. And I've since we booked this, and we did this through Nick, and we'll explain the, the answer, I want to find more <laughs> characters from films and TV shows like this that you're just always 
I want to find out about that. I want to find out what that experience was like, <laughs> even though you're not a you know a superstar to some extent. One of our favorite recent interviews, Mark, was Adrian Zamed. Oh my God, <laughs> from Dance Fever and Grease Two and Bachelor Party. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Uh, great crazy. story. Great stories awesome had stories. so much to tell. So the mystery guest, the clue, the only clue that I gave out was that this particular character makes a short appearance in a very big movie. Yeah. And the other, now we've already, Mark chose randomly. We, we There were only eight people who got it right of all the texts that came in. <laughs> That's a lot, though, really. Yeah. 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 Mark, Considering. Mark randomly reached in and picked one out because Marissa put him, uh, the numbers on a piece of paper, and we do have a winner. She's going to contact them. Do you want to give away the, the last four digits of their number? Is Oh, the uh, the correct guess went to Chris uh, Friel, F-R-I-E-L. So Marissa got a hold of him. Chris. Nice well done. How much so, does that guy win? <laughs> he wins a case of beer. Yay! Casey Yards Loyal Lager, which you can find uh, at local retailers, including Rye Brew on West Gerard Avenue. So there's your plug. Uh, so the other clue that I was going to give, besides having a small role in a very big movie, was you. There no. This character has no dialogue. And you never see this person's face. Those yeah. were the next two clues I was thinking about giving out. And if even that didn't get it, I was going to say completely clad in leather. <laughs> yeah. For the entire, and I mean head to toe in leather. You know who it is now, don't you? All I right? do, but I knew before. <laughs> you knew before. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring out the gimp. From Pulp Fiction as the gimp, please welcome actor Steve Hibbert. To the show. That's That's right. (laughs) Hey, Steve, how you doing, man? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing awesome. So this is this is pretty wild, man. We have we've referenced that character. I don't know how many times over the years. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. It's a it's a transcendent. It's a pop culture iconic figure. Hell, you even have I think there's a couple of action figures, gimp action there figures. Are, there are indeed. Yes, uh, yeah. My so, children love the fact I'm an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing it, and it's amazing. There's an extensive amount of information about you and the whole oh, no. process of the of the gimp and how you came to be a part of the film. And it's my understanding that you struck up a friendship. With Quentin Tarantino, you were in the Groundlings. Yes, I was. And you and he came. To, he came down to sort of an improv night, and mm-hmm. um, and you guys sort of hit it off. So take the story from there, and how you ended up with a copy of the Pulp Fiction script in your hands. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I was in the Groundlings. That's how I kind of got my uh, start, if you will, in show business, if you will, and. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I was in the Growlings, very lucky. He was in the main company, did that for years, taught, acted, directed, performed there, led to all the uh, professional jobs, including the one with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, because Quentin was a fan of the Growlings, and he came and guested on a couple of all-improv show nights on Thursday nights. He and I, being a couple of film geeks, we bonded over, you know, like his uh, work print of stagecoach and stuff. And so, yeah. We, uh, we came pals. We went to the movies together and uh, hung out. And uh, in fact, we used to go see movies at the New Beverly. And I remember him saying vividly, "Wouldn't it be cool to own this place and program whatever movie you wanted?" And now he does. Yeah, yeah he bought he it. Does. Yeah, there you go. So dreams do come true, uh, which is awesome. And I, that, like, if he wasn't a brilliant film director, that's the perfect job for him: owning a revival movie house. Well, well, as, so- as legend has it, he, he he worked in a video store for years, and that's where he became yeah. fans of like Hong Kong cinema. A lot of his early yeah. stuff, Reservoir Dogs, in fact, Pulp Fiction, based on a lot of Hong Kong movies that he that 
that he loves. So, so he, you guys are friends. He does. I assume. We came out yeah. and he says, uh, you know, I'm I'm finishing the script with Roger Avery, uh, Pulp Fiction. You want to take a read? And I, yeah. Uh, so I read it, and even on the page, usually reading a script often, at least for me, can be a bit of a slog because you kind of, you know, sometimes hard to visualize what's going on and all of that stuff. But this was like a page turner. You could just tell, even from the script. Oh, it's going to be one of those movies, you know. And uh, he said, well, come down and read for The Gimp. It's been like a freak show. (laughs) (laughs) Come down and read for The Gimp without any dialogue. Exactly. So I went and for uh, for Lawrence Bender and the casting director, Quentin and I did like a little psychodrama where he was the master and I was the weirdo slave. And... uh, by the time I got home, this is in the old days, so on my entry machine, it, it was Quentin saying, hey, you got the part. <laughs> now, did you know at the time when you were auditioning you were going to be completely covered up? No, you're, oh, yeah, you're, yeah. Okay. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the script, it's pretty much as you see it on the screen, you know, come out of a little box inside of Mitchell's old room, which is like my favorite little reference in that scene. Uh um and uh well listen i got i gotta tell you steve my favorite line of yours was "Uh?" (laughs) (laughs) you know story about that line (laughs) but yeah it was uh, you know it was just an amazing three days everyone was really cool um it was a it was you know it's kind of a hard shoot because of a very difficult grim scene and uh but everyone was really fun and we we it was just a, a really great experience, and no matter what, what else I've done in, in in the entertainment industry, that's like the thing that I'm kind of known for. Well, well you, you've, and, done, and you've done you've done a you've done a fair amount, yeah. certainly, but but I but I mean it's it's just one of those things that, and, I, and I'll tell you this. So it's my understanding you you go you audition. It's at this warehouse in Culver City, I think it is, yeah. and, and yeah, it actually it was used as a, as a location in, in the movie. Yeah, and, there and, were like several sets in that big old warehouse. Uh, the Jackrabbit Slims, right? Willis's apartment, the interior, all that stuff. And so, so Quent- are- Quentin is sort of ordering you around, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're you're doing your thing. But as intense as that scene is, I remember nervously chuckling in this whole oh, yeah. thing because you just didn't know what to what level, what descent it was going to take. And so, <laughs> descent is the right word. Yeah. Did you? Did your <laughs> How did you, in your mind, play it? Did you play it? I'm coming in comedically, or I'm coming in so so pervertedly degenerate that it's going it's going to work. What, what was what was your mindset? Well, the latter came more naturally. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> pervertedly degenerate. No, I just played it as um, you know. We discussed a little of the backstory of how this guy, this poor guy, ended up in this you know nightmare situation right. where he's like the slave to these two crazy hillbilly guys. And, uh, but I just played it as uh, he had been so, like Stockholm Syndrome, he had been so brainwashed that this was his life now. And, uh, oh, man. and I kind of thought he'd been there at least several years. I don't know, a while. And uh, uh, the one little thing I added to it, the reason he doesn't talk is they cut out his tongue. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. Okay. And so, and, uh, I, I sense that. On. I sense that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. He was loyal to these guys, and that's why he tries to scream out when Bruce Willis, you know, escapes from his his uh, ropes or whatever they have him right. tied up with. And uh, so he was, you know, 
a willing accomplice. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, it's beyond my imagination what happens in the, behind the closed doors. But it, it's uh, amazing. Yeah. So it was just, you know, we had fun. And then, like, at the end of the shoot, Bruce Willis, of course, being a big movie star, has his own little trailer. But he had everyone over and we had drinks, you know, gin and sonics as the sun's going down. It was just like a Did really- they allow you to unzip the mouth opening at that point so yeah. you could have the drinks? <laughs> <laughs> so that that all worked. I guess, although there were really because uh, because of uh, the nature of the scene, there was no uh, photography allowed on set. Oh, okay. So there's like no behind the scenes photos oh, of any of that stuff. Oh man, listen, yeah. I'm always intrigued by uh, props and things in films. And uh, if I were lucky enough to be in a movie that I knew was going to be a big hit, I would want to keep something as 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 a, a memento of sorts. Did you manage to keep the mask or anything along those lines? <laughs> No, I'll tell you why. Because it was all a rental. They had to return it back. To oh the man! So someone else wore that outfit after the game. And, and believe it or not, probably and wore it. Still even be there? Oh, oh my God, that's troubling, Steve. Uh, it's Nick. We we spoke last week, and um, you, you were telling me how are you? You were telling me some of the story about um, you, and it's actually it's your ex wife Julia Sweeney's birthday today, and um, yes, it is indeed. Happy birthday, Julia! You guys are still friends, which is I think is really cool. And and she uh, so she has a role in the movie as well. She's she's towards the end. It's also a relatively mm-hmm. small role, but the three of you, you Quentin and Julia, were all uh, friends together, right? Yeah, we were all pals. He even did a little punch-up on our uh, uh, Pat script back in the days. And, uh, yeah, we 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 were good oh, buddies. That, it was that, lovely. That's how I know your name. I've interviewed uh, your ex-wife. It's Mark Maron. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, Mark. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? So who was your – who did you come up with at the Groundlings? Who was your crew? Who was the main stage people at that time? Um, it was basically um, going back now. Well, it was Julia Sweeney, uh, George McGrath, Patrick Bristow, um, uh, Conan O'Brien. Ah. I love it. Um, wow. Yeah, so a bunch of really good people. Cool. And then I went on to teach with Lee, uh, Lisa Kudrow and Will Ferrell and all those guys. So oh, I was there at a nice, a nice transition and then went on later to direct like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Wow. And Jim okay. Nash, and yeah. So. Yeah, some amazing people have come out of that little theater, as you know. So is that how the Groundlings work? You, you, you're you a member of the cast, and then uh, at some point you become a, a teacher of sorts? Yeah, if you're so inclined. You know, they, okay. they kind of leave that door open for you. And, you know, some people are into it. Some people go on to do other things. But, you know, I managed to hang around for like 15 years from from my student being a student there and then progressing through the program and becoming a performer. And then, yeah, it just was, it's just like a, it's like a clubhouse. It always felt going to the groundlings felt like going to your favorite class in school. You know, you're just like something you look forward to. Nice. All right. Well, listen, after Pulp Fiction came out, uh, I thought I'd seen that, um, people started to seek you out as a submissive. Is that correct? (laughs) (laughs) No, but, because uh, I guess it's kind of anonymous. It felt like sort of like, well, you know, you don't see my face. So before the, really before the Internet and Google Images where you could, because the game could have been anyone. Yes. Then, you know, the, the World Wide Web makes us, you know, honest folk, all of us, what we've done and haven't done. So uh, it kind of became known. So I've done like fan conventions, which have been a blast to do. Because uh, you just meet people who are really into movies. So it's fun. Well, the the word is the rumor is is that at some point they, people were using literally going to ex, really uh, 
extensive measures to to find your home uh, phone number, and you would occasionally get calls on at that time your answering machine from yep. people who are interested in meeting you. In the very first weekend of the show, and again, this is before you could Google anyone or you know <laughs> find out. Uh, that very first weekend, there were like 30 messages on my voice machine saying, hey, I really enjoyed your performance. <laughs> You'd like to meet for a cup of coffee? <laughs> Wait, you, 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 talked about, you talked about Quentin. Well, I became unlisted. Yeah, unlisted is probably And had go. a couple of really bad dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Right, right. I just, who knows what they were expecting. But the, um, uh, the, the, the phrase, you, uh, punching scripts up, you said Quentin uh, Tarantino yeah. punched up your... You, you do that work yourself, do you not? I did. I was very fortunate. I did all of the Austin Powers movies and the Shrek movies. So uh, I, I was kind of uh, one of Mike's boys there for when he was doing all those movies and had a blast. and was like the onset, onset uh, Joe Punch-Up guy on the Austin Powers movies. And so that, that was really fun. And that, you know, that provided a nice living. And then I, you know, I did some other stuff before that. I was on Boy Meets World and Mad TV and stuff. So Did uh, did any signature lines out of the Austin Powers series were, uh, were you responsible for? I don't know if there were any signature lines, but uh, one of my favorite bits in the movie, I, I'm, I'm very uh, proud to say I, I came up with, it was the, the first one with Heather Graham. Yeah, no, oh, no, yes, with, uh, the second one. No, no. No, no, the first one with Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Yeah, and when they're in the underground lair and they're in like a, uh, for some reason, in a steamroller and there's a guard saying, no, don't come this way or something. <laughs> yeah. So that long, long thing where he <laughs> That's you? Oh, where it's, no! <laughs> the steamroller <laughs> coming at him. Okay. Yeah, which is uh, Mike McDonald, by the way. By the, That's uh, right, from uh, Mad TV. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and another groundling. Thank you very much. Uh <laughs> So that was one of my favorite bits. But there's little jokes, you know. As a punch-up guy, it's, it's bad form to say, "Oh, that was my joke." But um, <laughs> that's the one I can say I like because it's kind of cinematic too and kind of yeah. cool. So, there's a, there's yeah. a really really dumb line in that movie where he says, uh, "Please uh, uh, allow myself to introduce, introduce <laughs> myself <laughs> as myself." Yes. That wasn't was but that I you, Mike? Mike has a, a fondness for turning a phrase and sort of. Adding sort of his British, uh, you know, heritage into those weird syntax, and so that's that's a Mike thing. He okay. loves doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're we're all sort of uh, bizarrely uh, big time fans of Nicolas Cage, and you worked on National Treasure, a book of yes, secrets. Uh, you, yes, you had a small role. Explain your role because uh, the listing is is pretty amusing. The description. Yeah, I think it's, it's terrified tor- tourists in the toilet or something. <laughs> Tourist like on toilet. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Thank you. I would add terrified. Terrified um, tourists <laughs> on the toilet. Indeed. Was he wearing uh, a hood? They're, they're searching. <laughs> uh, they're searching for him, and they throw open a stall door, and instead of the guy they think is going to be back there, it's the guy. It's the guy who's just taking a break from the tour. Played by yours truly, um, so yeah, I've done lots of lots of odd little weird things, and it was thing where they're willing to pay me. I guess is the uh, is my motto. Now I wanted to ask you, going back to obviously the the iconic role of the Gimp, the the song uh, "My Sharona" apparently was rumored to um, they were considering that to be playing underneath that whole scene, but they couldn't get the rights to it because it was licensed to another movie. Okay, okay, I believe that. I didn't know that little bit of Pulp Fiction trivia. Yes. Yeah. Although the song they do use, uh, is it Comanche or what is it? It's something like that. Is that it? I don't remember. What do they use I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, it's like an early 60s, late 50s instrumental. Yeah, okay. that's uh, not Miserloo. 
No, it no. is Mr. Lou. Okay. Is, yeah, is that is that used underneath the, the gimp scene? Yeah. No, that's the opening. No, the other no, the opening, opening of the movie. Credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's another song. Okay, uh, I'll look. This, this sounds there. like another contest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like a, a third degree here. <laughs> We're gonna grill you if, if you get it. You can win a case of beer. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's called Comanche by the Revels. Comanche, by, yeah. There you go. Yeah, you got right. it right. Yeah, you won. You won the case of beer. So you yeah. can grab that. Right, I did. See? Yeah. <laughs> There's a few things I know. But yeah, uh, and the other one, of course, is by the late great Dick Dale. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, do you indeed run a, uh, a Facebook page about the Gimp? Yes, I do. It's called The Real Gimp, and I don't really do much with him. <laughs> the Real Gimp. The Real Gimp. I love it. Out. Truth in advertising. Right. Uh, but whenever I do one of these fan conventions or uh, a particularly cool behind-the-scenes photo shows up, I'll, put, I'll post it on there, and uh, maybe it's like 800 fans. Well, so you know, you know they're, they're, they're acts that tour around the stage claiming to be the Temptations and so on and so forth. Do you ever encounter fraudulent gimps? I do. Well, I haven't encountered a lot, but my good friend Phil Lamar, Again, the theme, Another Groundling, yeah. uh, who's also in, in Pulp Fiction. He plays Marvin, who gets his head blown off in the uh, back of the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Phil, great, good, longtime friend of yours, truly, and a really talented guy. Uh, he was at a party once, and he overheard this guy uh, hitting on this woman, saying, yeah, well, I uh, played the gimp in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, like one does. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Now, so Bill said, hey, man, I was in Pulp Fiction, too. How you doing? And the guy apparently, you know, sort of like, oh, you know, moated and sort of sort of back to him, Hey, good to see you. I got to go. <laughs> busted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally busted. Why would the you pick the... I love about that. How is that a... Uh... <laughs> is that a turn on? Yeah. 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 Now, speaking of that and, and people referencing that character or maybe lines from that scene, have you ever been incognito? Nobody knows that you happen to, you know, you might be at a party or at a sporting event, wherever it is in public, and you'll hear somebody say a line. Uh, and if so, do you jump in and say anything or do you just kind of sit back and listen if that's no, ever happened? I usually do. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone makes a joke about bringing out the gamp or, you know, something like that. <laughs> I usually keep it on the QT. But, yeah, it's, it, what's amazing about it, I mean, you know, that that film, and rightly so, because it's one of those movies, like there's one movie every decade that like kind of like Raging Bull in the 80s and Godfather in the 70s. I think there's a good argument to be made for the 90s. Pulp Fiction is kind of that movie. Yeah. And so, yeah. It, it, and, you know, there's like, you know, Gimp. Gifts and all kinds of... Gimp gifts. Gimp gifts. By the way, I wrote down fraudulent gimps as a band name. (laughs) Oh, fraudulent gimps. I wrote that down. I'm going to add that to the list, the fraudulent gimps. Do you, do you get a piece of that? Gimps, I, I would definitely go check out. Do you get a piece uh, of that? Uh, uh, you get any back end on those dolls? <laughs> yeah. In a better world, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of back end, were you there in, in at the moment... Bruce Willis comes back into the room. He's finally yeah. he's got the samurai sword from upstairs, and Ving Rhames is bent over the table, yeah. and dude is going to town. That is, yeah. I remember that yeah. being the most oh my god yeah. moment of yeah. that scene. Did you were you in there for that part? I, I was indeed because in the background of the shot, because the doors open, the ha- uh, the gimp is hanging from the ceiling there in the background. So okay, I got to, I That's got crazy. to hang out in the back literally. <laughs> how about being? How about being in that box? Were you in there very long? Yeah, I was uh, for about five minutes because it was all kind of shot in one take. You Listen, know, you're, you're, you're a method actor. You got to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got to do it. And I'm a pretty big guy. I'm six two, about 185 pounds, and uh, you know, 
I was crunched down in there in that leather outfit. And they also, uh, Gimp wanted the, uh, Gimp, <laughs> Quentin wanted the Gimp to be a little pudgy. So uh, I also have a little bit of a fat suit on underneath. So let's just say it was warm. It, wow. so, it sounds like uh, Quentin actually dominated you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there was some stuff he was working through. <laughs> we know he has a foot fetish, and uh, there's the gimp thing, yeah. Yes, indeed. I have to have been at the receiving end of all that. Uh, but, uh, literally. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you do what you do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you gimp it up. Steve, so... I gimped it up, baby. The way that we got this interview was, was uh, my sister-in-law has a friend, and she's dating you, and... Uh, yeah. That you know, that's your girlfriend, and and yeah. I'm curious as to at what point in any relationship that you've had that you say, yeah, well, I, I don't know if you're a Pulp Fiction fan, but you yeah. do you remember the like, where does it come up in natural conversation for you? Well, you know, uh, actually, Janet had never seen the uh, Pulp Fiction before. She was one of those few people in the world, I guess, who'd never seen it. So, uh, uh, well, she doesn't like scary movies. So okay. in her mind's eye, that movie fell yeah. into the category of scary movies. So you had to so. sit there with her and watch it and go, that's me! <laughs> that's me with the hood on! <laughs> and then I turned Janet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, that's weird. I guess she had to go. I actually have a, I have a question for Mark. Mark, have you ever interviewed or met Quentin, uh, spent time with him at all? No, I, I, he's, I've seen him at the comedy store. He's seen me work. Okay. I, I think we've reached out to him, but I, I don't know. He's, I think he's pretty selective about, uh, about long form interviews. I, I think he was available with, um, Brad and uh, Leonardo at some point to promote uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I didn't right. want to do all three of them. Oh, I think your forum would be perfect for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd it, love to. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't done your podcast. That just seems like such a, a, a natural well, thing. bring it up. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're the gimp. <laughs> Call him now. <laughs> All right, fine. As soon as I ring off, I'm doing the interview myself. Thank you so much. Hey, he's, such, he's such an innovative director, uh, and we've we've had him for when he's been promoting things before, but it's usually the 10-minute. It's not the super-duper in-depth uh, sit down and spend some yeah. time together. But I, I have a theory about uh, one of the things. So you know he has these moments in film where uh, he he involves food, yeah, um, and and very intently he will zoom in on people eating or food or something like yeah. that. And I've, well, I've yes, go ahead because I because I have a theory on that. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I mean one of the most vivid things is the dog food in Once Upon a Time, and then the making of that mac and cheese. Uh, I mean, it's really like. A lot of time oh, yeah. spent on that, yeah. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. Well, and then there's a scene in in, uh, in Glorious Bastards where they put the cream on the uh, on the strudel really? and, and, uh-huh. and all this and that. And, there's, and, and I noticed that a lot of times these food moments happen right as something tense is taking place. And I think Quentin, and I think he does this on purpose, that he literally wants the audience to salivate while they're uh-huh. waiting for something really <laughs> tense to happen. It's almost Pavlovian. It makes you... Almost yeah. like bloodlust, like like he wants yeah. you to salivate when something bad is going to happen. There's another scene in Django Unchained where they do close-ups of a head of beer, and he's he's raking the uh, the the foam off the beer, and you just I noticed myself salivating, <laughs> and it's when they were waiting for the sheriff to get there, and yeah. something's going to go down, uh-huh. and he That's just does right. these really crazy things to you to make happen physically while you're watching. Well, when they're movie. planning everything, and Reservoir Dogs are sitting around a uh, a table eating, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, look, yeah, they're having like a great coffee shop meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. 
But yeah, uh, I, I, that, that's, that makes perfect sense to me. Okay, that's what I was curious. If somebody who knows him, I wanted to at least. Well, I'll ask him one day uh, if, if that is indeed. Or maybe Mark will ask. Or maybe Mark will ask. Remember that. I, I put it in my phone. I, I, I wrote it down. Someone has their leadoff question. Yeah, I think we. I think we got dibs, Steve, on, on Quinn, and then we'll. You know, if we're feeling generous, we'll share him with Mark. Well, thanks, fellas. <laughs> By the way, big time fan of Mark. I remember back in the '90s seeing Mark at Largo all the time. I was a there, so we we moved in similar circles. I know. I, I, now that, like, yeah, when I was looking at your picture, I'm like, I kind of know that guy. Yeah, back yeah. in at the original Largo on uh, Fairfax. Yeah, Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a, some great nights were spent there. So, Definitely. Yeah. So, if, if you're just tuning in, it's Stephen Hibbert who uh, uh, portrayed the Gimp in uh, Pulp Fiction and has been uh, had his hand in writing uh, for a number of years in uh, uh-huh. in. Uh, entertainment. Are, are you doing that to this day, or, or you've moved on to something no, I'm else? Kinda, I'm kind of semi-retired now. Uh, my ex-wife and children, my second ex-wife, one of two, uh, Alicia moved to Denver to get a, a, a job here with the, the Denver School District a few years ago, right after we divorced, and so I said, yes, you can go there. So I was back and forth between L.A. and and Denver for about a year and a half, and that was untenable. So I moved here officially about a year and a half ago, semi-retired, collecting my Writers Guild of America pension, and uh, teaching and working out at the Bovine Metropolis Theater, which is a great little theater here in in Denver, and uh, working part-time at Trader Joe's, and and being close to my kids. So it's turned out nicely. Maybe you could write an entire GIMP backstory for your local theater. And yeah, you guys can perform yeah. that. Yeah, or just incorporate the gimp into classic works of uh, uh, classic stage plays, like the Miracle Worker. Yeah, or uh, yeah. Death of a Salesman. <laughs> Death of a Salesman. <laughs> Willie Loman is the gimp. <laughs> Death of a gimp. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Did did Quentin ever tell Death you? Death of a gimp. <laughs> did Quentin ever tell you what's in the uh, the briefcase? No, and I think he intentionally left it uncertain because uh, I remember talking to him about it and him saying. No matter what I put in there, it will never be as good as a person's imagination. No, he's right. Yeah, he's I, right. and I like that yeah. he does that. He did something similar yeah. in his latest movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, you know, I'm not going to uh, reveal what that is, but uh, all well, the viewers at the end of the movie, uh, you know, they sort of have to decide for themselves what had transpired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do think that's cool. It's like, you know, in the, in the best horror movies, you never reveal the monster right away because it's never going to be as scary as what's in a person's imagination as they're watching it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, when's, when's the last time you had contact uh, with Quentin? It's been a number of years now. Okay. Yeah. But what better I, I reason to have, contact? I must, uh, <laughs> I must have said something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect opportunity. Get back in touch with him and get him on Mark Maron's podcast. <laughs> yes, please. And Preston and Steve. I've, exactly. I've got my cut out for me, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, listen, man, it was it was kind of an interesting connection. Nick had come to us and found out that, that he had a connection yeah. to you. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We got to hey, talk well, to I'm, this guy. I'm, I'm delighted. Thank you so much for asking me. And, uh, and. You know, keep on keeping on, guys. All right. A lot of fun. We appreciate it. Steve Hibbert, guys. Oh, here it is. This is the music. Yeah. This is uh, Comanche from The Rebels and in that scene in Pulp Fiction. So... I remember they, I went to the theater to see that film. I really wasn't into going to see it, but the girl I was dating at the time was like, we should go see it. All right. And I remember walking out of the the movie kind of shaking my head in a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going, essentially, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. The whole out-of-sequence stuff threw me a little bit. Uh, just the style of the, the actual cinematography, the way it looks, and... Uh, 
It, it was just, it was groundbreaking. John Travolta mind. doing dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. We <laughs> made it look cool for yeah. some reason. Yeah. I was in high school and I left in the middle of the movie. I was like, I can't take this. I hate everything that's happening right now. And I later on went back, you know, years later and watched it again and was like, okay, this is a good movie. But at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm uh, I'm not into it. I got really? Go. Yeah, I left. You know, it was, I, it's I the mean, only movie I ever walked out of the theater. Really? Yep. What do you think did that? I think I just wasn't, like, mature enough to follow along, and it, it just wasn't, I don't know. It, it wasn't for me at the time. Seriously. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so my sons are, you know, 19 and, and 17, and, and they've seen Inglorious Bastards. They've seen Kill Bill. I've shown Django and Chain. I've shown them a few of them. Haven't, I haven't felt right about showing them Pulp Fiction. Really? I that one? I yeah. showed him Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah. The and blood. Django Unchained. But it's not the blood and guts. But it's not the blood right. and guts. Not it's educational just, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's grittier on a different level. It's more scarring kind of, I think. I don't know, man. Well, start with a gimp scene, see what they think of that, and, yeah. then, uh, and then let yeah. them watch the and it's bit. not like I'm going, you can't watch this movie. It, I, I'm turning them on to stuff. I'm yeah. like, oh, you should see this. You should see that. And Wait then till they can they, appreciate it. They won't do it on their own. So right. I, that's why I'm like, you should see this movie. Uh, but I love I, it. They're 19. They're not 12. <laughs> I know. No, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. I don't know. You know, they can see it if they want to. They won't because it's just not in their wheelhouse. But uh, it, I feel as a parent... Well, not as a parent. It's like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I should be like, dude, you should see bro, this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a weird dynamic when I, when I was, I initially, I was the one that a lot of times would pick out movies and it, it, it flipped. And I told these guys the story when I convinced my father to go see 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of the yeah. pivotal moments in my earlier years yeah. as a kid. And I desperately wanted to see it. And he's God dang, because he, he hated science fiction, anything like it. The underwear, he used to call Star Trek the underwear show and so on and so forth. And we walked out of that movie and he he turned to me and said, that's maybe one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And then from then on, it's the, 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 the converse situation. I was, movies I suggested we'd go see. Now I happen to have good taste in movies, but, yeah. but uh, it was it was a cool dynamic. Wow, that's great. Yeah. My, my grandparents, by mistake, uh, when I, I guess I was probably nine or eight, I think they were visiting us uh, in New Mexico, and they, they took me to the movies. They took me to see Deliverance. Oh. Yeah. Me, me, me too. Me too. I was yeah. adults wouldn't go see that yeah. movie. And my, my, we, they're the sitting, we're sitting there with popcorn. Yeah. and my milk duds, and we're watching Deliverance. Yeah, I couldn't and believe. Both it. my parents had read the book. They yeah. knew it was in it. I, you know, it's weird. I, I did like my childhood memory did not was not as graphic as the movie was. No, and I went you... back and watched it. I'm like, they really do this. <laughs> like, it's a, Ned Baby's really getting it. Yeah. It's a, he's getting his slapped it's crazy yeah. can yeah. i clear something up real quick because there's some people on twitter just because <laughs> i saw people at the el camino premiere does not mean they're in the movie a premiere <laughs> is like a party these guys are like, thanks for spoiling it i didn't say anything <laughs> about the movie other than it was good yeah people go to the premiere that are you can in see the pictures film. of oh, them thanks yeah. <laughs> Man, you can't say anything. Uh, I wanted to, uh, just circling back to Pulp Fiction, one of the brilliant things about the editing in that is that the way that it ends, uh, John Travolta is still alive. And and Mark, we had uh, Travolta in studio last Spoiler month. Spoiler alert. Well, okay. Yeah, for a movie that's yeah, been out for, seen it now. It's been I'm out kidding. for 25 yeah. years, so I, I think we're all right with it. But uh, Travolta was here um, promoting his latest movie, and um, I didn't know what to expect from the interview with him. And we were all, it was maybe one of the best interviews we've ever had. Top, oh, yeah. Top oh, yeah. three. Um, have you ever met Travolta? You ever spent I haven't, time with but him? now like I'm getting another tweet saying I did say that they were in the movie. 
<laughs> Did you? Oh, man. But, oh, but, uh, all right. So what? I didn't say the story. <laughs> I've not. Uh... I, I don't recall you saying that. But <laughs> it's not. You know what? It's not going to be. I'm dealing with a, a half a troll live. <laughs> Right. I didn't meet. I never met Travolta. I, I you liked it. You had a good time. with He him? was yeah. so nice and kind and engaging and uh, told stories and uh, talked about Pulp Fiction and talked about Greece and talked about his entire career. And uh, listen, there are things about John Travolta's life that are a bit odd. But um, he himself couldn't have been kinder. And no, it, I thought I've had that with people. I mean, of course, like you know, they know how to do it. They're professionals. Right. But yeah. I, I've never had the opportunity to interview him. I'm, I'm sure I would take it, but there'd be part of me be like, "All right, so <laughs> tell me about the thing." But you know, in that, in that mind, we always figure, "Here's our deal. We're yeah. going to default to getting the most at. We we could cut it off at the knees and just go right to stuff like Scientology." No, you can't though because they won't do it. They the won't do guy, it. Like it's uh, like I've had. A couple of them on, yeah, like uh, 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 Rabizi, Giancarlo, yeah. what's the Giovanni, Giovanni Rabizi, yeah. and he just he talked about it, like you know, it's just something my family would. Yeah, yeah. they'll talk about, but like I had an opportunity to interview Elizabeth Moss. And it was off the table, and I'm like, well, we've got to acknowledge it. Yeah. I don't need, like, I'm not going to treat her like a, a weirdo. I think she's great, but, yeah. you know, I'm not, you can't do an interview for an hour with a known Scientologist and just not mention it at all. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. All right, so uh, a weird one that you had, or a weird from my perspective recently, and yeah. it's his birthday today, was David Lee Roth. And that was a great interview. It was, uh, and and I've met David Lee Roth a couple of times. He's He's an odd character. He speaks in catchphrases. He has... He has a pentameter that's not like anybody else that I've met. Um, but he's giving. He'll 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 talk. Well, it's just a matter of like uh, the the Van Halen fans love that interview. People love that interview because I think over time, radio guys have just sort of let him spin out and you know, kind of treat him like a little bit of a freak. You kept yeah. trying to reel it back, but in. no, I did. I yeah. kind of held him to a narrative, and it yeah. turns out he's a very you know brilliant guy, and he's got a great mind for history, and he's a lot more calculated than anybody really assumes he is, and he's certainly not uh, no idiot. And, you know, he was very kind of like the way he describes why and how he writes music and where it comes from. I mean, it's real stuff. He's a deep dude and he's smart and he's funny. He's just a little manic, maybe a little spectrum. Yeah. Who, who caught you off guard the most where you went and going, OK, this is a this is a 50 50 and just just blew you away. I don't know. That happens all the time. It really. Happen, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I never know what to expect from anybody. And I'll, I'm always full of anxiety and a bit of dread going <laughs> into something because I don't know how it's going to go because I don't. You, I know I'm going to stay there for an hour or an hour and a half or however long, but I don't know if it's going to lock in or we're going to get along or that I'm, right. I'm going to get past their public right. narrative. Right. But, like, I just had DeVito on last week, and that was amazing. He's oh, the I best. He's You've the best. Him on many, many times. And He's today, uh, who's on today? I put up Jackie Tone, who's a, she plays Melrose in Glow, and she's also a stand-up and a former child actress. And uh, and she was great, too. It's a very – it's it's in, uh, in honor of Yom Kippur, it's a – very Jewy, uh, a very a very Jewy jam. Jewy. It's a, it's a, a Jewy jam. jam. Jewy <laughs> the soft right. Jewy sentence. Yeah. So, uh, Jewy jam. Percentage of guests? Uh, how many? What, what percentage are people coming to you and you? Uh, you know, fishing them out. Well, I mean, the the I mean, we're well into well into like the thousand here, like a thousand fifty. So, like the my my personal resources. <laughs> Yeah. For people I want on the show, I have be, been depleted. There's some people that I can't seem to get Who? that I'd like, like Albert Brooks. 
I've oh. really kind of been pushing him. And I see him at things. Like, it's, it was kind of funny, but you know, I, we were at, uh, I was at Gary Shandling's memorial, yeah. which was actually a great event. And yeah. it was a beautiful event. And Kevin Nealon had, has, was painfully funny at that event. But I just remember, like, I'm walking out of it, and I feel just hands, like, grab my shoulders. And it's Albert. I turn around, he goes, let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> So he is willing to come on. You just haven't been able to. No, he's not. He's not. (laughs) He won't do it yet. I don't know why. But yeah, some. It's really just. And Lily Tomlin's another one. She'll do it with Jane, but she doesn't really do many on her own. And I think she'd be great. But I think there are some people that just don't want to do that for an hour. We had to whittle away at. You talk about you know morning radio and 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 as far as going against the perception of what uh, people have encountered with other shows and so on and so forth. And so we had to sort of. Just keep chipping away at certain things. And then we started to get, and just Philadelphia by its nature, yeah. is, for a while they were just going to go to New York or they were going to go to sure. They were going to just bypass this. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and now we get, now we have. Uh, you you got the big guys. You in and, and people like that. So it, it, makes, it makes a difference. But it, it's just a process. I mean, you know you're going to get them eventually because. Yeah, I hope you so. Have, you, if you don't have credit this point, I mean, you know, you. You've, well, you, the other problem is like whatever my credit is. Yeah, we have relevance and it's still a, a respected uh, uh, institution, my yeah. podcast. <laughs> right. But you got to you got to know that these everyone's getting pestered by, you know, dozens of podcasts. Sure. Everyone, like the joke is everyone has a podcast and, you know, it didn't start out that way. And now we, everybody we, does. We cite you constantly because people talk. Our, our podcast does very well. It, you know, we right from the get go, we put up the the whole show, the content, the yeah. mindset. Yeah, was, we've been doing it for about seventeen years, right? Something like that. So, or, or at least yeah, at least yeah. fifteen, right? So, people, the mindset was people are coming, you know, to change people's morning show habits and to get them to listen to the show. Put up the whole show if they're coming. Yeah. Give them the whole thing, right? So, uh, and and that that worked well for us. But the ones that got to the dance early, you. Yeah, Rogan. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 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 Corolla was sort of the. It seemed like the first, but he came out of radio. There were some right. around. For me, it was like it was Kevin Smith and Corolla and uh, Jimmy Pardo was doing a podcast. And uh, Rogan, I think, came after me. Yeah. And I think Nerdist might have come a little after me too. All in that original cluster. But you guys yeah. were the first, and still maintain the hold because now, I, and this is not inaccurate. It's about 750,000 unique, I mean, separate shows, not, not, not episodes. Is that true? Yes. 750,000 podcasts available. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who, how'd they get that count? But some people like, there's some uh, people who start, there's a lot of uh, false starts. Starting starts. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're Five right. episodes and someone goes like, no one's listening. Yeah. Or, or people who like they do one or two a year. You ask me, you still doing that podcast? Sometimes, like that's not the way to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. How how often? How many? How many are you doing? Two Twice a week. A week. Yeah. Two a week. Sometimes From the do- beginning, a new show every Monday and Thursday for ten years. Do you find? Uh, you know, we mentioned some of the other more successful ones. Do you find? That uh, what do you mean more successful? <laughs> he's, he's I'm talking about, I'm talking about more funny. successful than his. That's funny. No, 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 okay, no. more successful yeah, podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like nah, Mark of all the shows that are more successful. Yeah, yeah let's talk about that. Rogan of... seems to be taking over. How does that make you feel? You got a beef with Rogan? That's not what you meant. I, I understand. Know. Well, yeah. no, yeah. but but it's yeah. sort of like texturally. It's it's kind of what I'm talking about Go here. Ahead. Like uh, it, you know, 
it's not competition, but do you, do you, you know, some people want to maybe pit you guys against each other as if, like, you guys are rivals, as if, well, I, I listen to Marin, but I can't listen to Joe. People do that all the yeah. time about everything now. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. Like, and I've recently been kind of trying to push back against it and just wanting to have a grown-up life. Right. Yeah. That after a certain <laughs> like a... point, to be dragged into adolescent sort of, uh, you know, uh, penis size contests, <laughs> it, it gets a little tiring, you know? Yeah. And now even this, someone will go like, why is it short? You know, like, you can't. No, it's 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 nice. It's yeah. got, got good girth. I'm good. Yeah. But uh, the it's like Marvel versus DC, like yeah. that argument is. Just... But no, but it's just that there is a thing where for me at this point, like I do have my people. I do have an audience. I go out and perform, and people like the podcast. I make a living, and I'm, I want to just live a grown up life. I'm not competing with anybody. But there's part of the human brain if you're in the same racket yeah. where you're going to be like, you know, what's that guy doing? How's yeah. that guy getting that? Way? My entire early career was driven by spite it didn't it didn't work out yeah yeah you know, I, I, I hear that but man. i used to call my manager up i'm like how did he get that yeah, yeah. You know, who do why do I, why am i not doing that right. and he would be like because you're yelling and yeah. people can feel you're uncomfortable uh, you're not yeah. in the t- same time slot that's the funny thing is not like yeah why well, I, I only listen to marin because uh you know like uh you know it, no, you can listen to anything, and people do, and people mix it up, and, you know, I'm fine with it. I really stay out of the numbers. Like, my producer, I don't know where where it's at on anything. I don't go to iTunes anymore because that ranking system is based on an algorithm, an algorithm unless you're kind of pushing people to come. Look, I went through all this years ago, and I don't even check any of it. I don't have yeah, a Google search on my You're name. doing well. That's all you yeah, need to know. Exactly. And you're more concerned with the product, and that's it. Put out the good product, yep. and everything else follows. Ultimately, it's... Uh, you know, on, on on a certain sub level of podcasts, we do notice that amongst comedians, it becomes incestuous. Like I'm, you, I'm doing your podcast, and you're doing my podcast, and I'm doing. We your all podcast. did that. Right, we yeah. did that at the beginning right. too, though. Like there was support in the community, right. and that we all kind of felt that it was a great thing for all of us. Right. And we all did each other's podcasts. I that's the weird thing. I've sort of stopped doing that because I realized, like, I don't know this guy. <laughs> and like the next thing you know, you're at someone's house, right. yeah. and, and, and they've Sitting got on their a, couch. a cassette player. Yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> And they're pushing the red button and the play button on a, on a Panasonic. I love that you don't have a certain type of guest on your show. Like, you you, you kind of, like... You, it's you within have... the creative spectrum, usually. It's, it's usually comics, writers, actors, musicians. And late, uh, lately, occasionally, a writer, I had that guy, Dale Berdan, uh, on, who mm-hmm. wrote that book called the, It Came From Something Awful, about the troll culture, which yeah, I found fascinating. Yeah. And we're sort of trying to branch out a little bit into other things I'm interested in, uh, but usually it's in it's within a world. Yeah, I don't do politicians. I don't do uh, well, except for uh, Barack Obama. Well, if it's a president, I'll do a president. <laughs> right. They're not do, a politician. They're like a, a president. But you did, and I got to bring this up. Like, so we worked with a gentleman here in the, in the um, offices. His name is Roy Perry. Yeah. He worked here for for years and years and years. You had his son on. Yeah, uh, this son, Alex Perry, Alex Ross Perry, yeah. uh, who grew up in this area. I grew up in Bryn Mawr. Yeah. Um, and is a is a filmmaker now. Great filmmaker. Very yeah. interesting guy. A quirky guy. And uh, I remember him telling me his dad was in radio. Yeah, and this was where it was at. And you all knew him. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, it is cool. Oh, He's a good cool. filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so we have the ability to go back and review uh, what has happened on the show, even while we are doing the show. Marissa went back and listened 
Mark gave no spoilers at all for El Camino. Only mentioned the actors who were in attendance at the premiere. So, boom. Oh, they were trying to bait me. <laughs> yes, totally. It's a troll they trap. So, <laughs> troll trap. So you're good. You yeah, kind of worked, though, Mark. All right. <laughs> they did bait you. <laughs> well, listen, Mark is performing tonight here in Philadelphia at the uh, Miriam Theater, and you can get your tickets at KimmelCenter.org. The show is at 730. Do not... Miss Mark while he's in town. I would, I would Last wait. time I was here was yeah. 2012, and what? you're a busy man. I'm not yeah. saying you neglect us. Well, now, like, like a drink, I drink two Dunkin' Donuts coffees <laughs> and two teas. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be able to nap. I got. I got to get a sandwich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he keeps talking about sandwiches. You got to <laughs> roast pork with the raw. That's what I want. <laughs> with the like the Knicks, maybe. Okay, I'm talking. not going all the way out to John's. No. No, no, no. Denix no. is fine. Yeah, yeah, In fact, yeah. that's like the number one sandwich in the world, right? I think it is, yeah. It's just... Now, see, this is the thing. I'm sitting here talking to you guys. You all live here, and you're like, sandwiches? You know, I mean, what? Is... <laughs> well, I mean, it's like when I go to Chicago, I'm the, I'm the only idiot eating deep dish. You know, yeah. I mean, what is... I... Yeah, we I still eat sandwiches. But, but here, for cheesesteak, like, cheese huh? that, that, that issue is... It's a big thing for people from uh, from out of the area. The, the cheesesteak is the classic sandwich, but there are, there are all sorts of iterations now. We are now a legitimate foodie community with mm-hmm. a... You're a multi-sandwich... Multi-sandwich system. <laughs> multi-sandwich. We Listen, we got the but roast pork. The, we got we are, the hoagie, we're, we're two we, things, the cradle of our nation and multi-sandwich yeah. capable. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. But it's normal for us, so it just sounds funny when you, you think... That like, I got to go get a sandwich? got to go get a sandwich. Well, like, yeah. when I'm in Chicago, I go, like, and I don't care what anyone says. I go to Lou Malnati's, and I'll get that, that classic with the sausage. Even, and I, and, and, <laughs> but you talk to people from Chicago. You know Tracy Letts, the actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, him and I have become friends, and I, and he lives in Chicago, and I was working there once. I'm like, let's go get Lou Malnati's. He's like, I've never been. <laughs> Does anyone go there? I'm like, you're going to love it. <laughs> I thought a guy who's like, lives in Chicago his whole life, and I gave him his first deep dish. I mean, how is that possible? Oh, my That's God. funny. It happens. I think the Knicks. But, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to go. What, are we done? What time is it? No. Yeah. I do my, where do I get paid? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to the cashier in the green room. We'll take care of you. Uh, Mark, it is wonderful to see Thanks you. Thanks for having Thanks me. for coming by and hanging out for so long. We appreciate it. Mark Marin, guys. Check out the podcast if you have never. WTF with Mark Marin. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty Honey. You know the time has come. So don't miss me when I'm gone. Shinedowns. My monsters are real. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Uh, You know what, we got a caller we need to go to, and I think it's uh, Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how you doing, man? Hi, Preston, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Uh, I heard you're in a pretty good mood, is that true? Uh, Yeah, I'm in an awesome mood today. Why? Because I am the winner of the Preston Steve's Money Shark Contest. Yeah! The man, Anthony, is now $1,000 richer. Congratulations to you, bud. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. Word is our phone screener said you had Van Halen blasting up really loud in the background while we were calling you. Hell yeah. I love it, man. Well, the thousand dollars has a way of making you crank your stereo up really, really loud. That's awesome. That's cool. Where are you from, Anthony? 
I am from Morris River, New Jersey. All right, I'm man. Out of town of Billville. Well, listen. Congratulations to you. You made it down to the wire because Money Shark wraps up on it wraps up tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Uh, so so you, our second. This was our uh, second to last time to uh, do this. Yeah, you just squeaked in there. So, uh, congrats, bud. Enjoy the cash and uh, and thanks for listening to us. We appreciate it. You guys rock. Keep All right. on doing it. Thanks, buddy. All right, Anthony. Everybody. Yeah. I uh, have driven through Morris River, New Jersey, so many times, and there's a there's a diner I wanted to ask him about. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Hey, Anthony, you still there? Yes, sir. Casey wants to ask you about a diner. Yeah, how's the Morris River Diner? Is it is it worth stopping at for breakfast anytime? Oh yeah, it's great food down there. Okay, so, all right. Great to do it. What okay. are any recommendations on the menu? <laughs> Uh, cream chip beef. Cream chip beef. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. And, and they now have a quote on the menu. It says, Anthony, great to do it. <laughs> and there it is. All right. Thank it's, you, Anthony. Was it very much great? It was, it was very, very much great. great. Mm-hmm. I'll have to let you guys know. There's what? Uh, there's a couple of different places I'm going to have to stop at on my way uh, down Listen. to the shore. Oh, okay. that's and that's one There's only one way to yeah. clean this information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll do that as a segment down the road. Places Casey should stop at on the way, uh, stop at on the way down the Where shore. Where can I eat? Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fire up a segment now. I haven't told you guys about this yet, but I'm going to spark up a bowl. Oh yeah. I have my pipe. Oh, it is time for the historian. And we have not done the historian (laughs) maybe a couple of times this year. And that's it. Yeah. Ladies Uh, and gentlemen, (laughs) from the library located atop Easy Broadcasting, (laughs) we now visit the historian. I actually do have a pipe in my hand, by the way. Um, now, the reason I wanted to do the historian, Steve, was because of a story you sent me the other day. Uh, oh, that Frank, Frank Lloyd, Lloyd Wright. This is freaky. Yeah. So we all know Frank Lloyd Wright, the legendary um, uh, architect. Burlesque entertainer. Burlesque dancer. <laughs> no, architect. Yeah. He created the geodesic dome. And in fact, the, the house out towards Pittsburgh falling. Water? Something along those lines. Is still it's it's um I, and I'm such a dumbass. I was out that way, and it was only a few minutes from where it was when we went and stayed at the Nemecolon, and I should have gone to see it. Oh, yeah. And it supposedly is astounding. Um, His stuff is amazing. Yeah, you know, in many ways, a lot of it is avant garde and uh, futuristic, and then in many other ways, it's Very retro and, and and also smartly made. Yes, and uh, in other ways, stupid yeah. and useless. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, falling water. Yeah, that's there we it. go. Thank you, Nick. Um, so a biography about Frank Lloyd Wright reveals that a house he built, especially for his mit- mistress, was burned down by a servant who slaughtered her, her two children, and four workers with an axe. Did you, any of you, have you, any Never. of you heard this story? No. no. This is crazy. So he, he designed this house, which his mistress was living in. Yes. And the mistress, and who all was killed, Preston, again? Uh, his mistress, her two children, and four workers were slaughtered with an axe by this guy. Oh, so it's the details of this. So the, the massacre at uh, Wright's uh, Talesian Estate in Spring Green, Wisconsin, took place in the summer of 1914 while he was in the finishing stages of the construction of Midway Gardens, which was a huge entertainment complex on Chicago's south side. Five of the nine people who were attacked at the home died that afternoon, while two others died soon afterward, according to author Paul Hendrickson, who has a new book. It's called Plagued by Fire, The Dreams and Furies of Frank Lloyd Wright. And it went on sale this week. So 
Uh, Wright died in 1959. He was 91 years old. And there's some interesting things about him that I didn't know in this as well. His illustrious career included 1,100 designs and more than 500 projects. Eight of his buildings were added to UNESCO's World Heritage List as cultural sites. Perhaps the most famous among them, uh, the Guggenheim Museum. Yeah. He created that. Legendary. Fifth Avenue, New York City. He put the goo in Guggenheim. He did. Uh, <laughs> by the way, he he designed a uh, a temple in, uh, where is that? It's right down the street from the Benson, Steve. Uh, from, oh, yes, in, in, yes. It, it might be technically Elkins Park, PA, but I always called it the party hat because it looks like that. That's what it looks like. It looks yeah. like a party hat, and that was a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, design. So anyhow. More than a third of Wright's 409 extant structures are included on the National Register of Historic Places or are in a National Historic District, according to the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation. But alongside his career accomplishments, Wright was a notorious liar. In the words of his biography, biography, a fantastic fabricator. Those who knew Wright from the world of architecture were turned off by his, quote, vulgar narcissism and arrogance and bombast and egocentrism and reckless financial, not to say moral ways, according to an excerpt of the book. It's not actually uh, a compliment. No. the tra- he, he had claimed to have invented bread. Oh, my God. Yeah. What an outrageous claim. It's just ridiculous. But listen, you sometimes you hear of these these people that are the best of the best. Sometimes, yeah. as you said before, buy their own crap and they. That's it. Are so, so does, does there is there genius born out of this lunacy? Well, yeah, I from guess a so. man who claims he invented bread. Yeah. So the, the tragedy of nineteen fourteen took place five years after he left his wife Kitty Tobin and their six children for a woman named Mama Borthwick Cheney who herself was married to one oh, of Wright's mama. clients. Well, Mama is spelled M-A-M-A-H. Yes. I guess that's Mama or Mama. mama. I don't know. Uh, the affair and the collapse of his marriage were front-page news stories in the press. Yeah. Wright was considered at the time to be one of America's most scandalous celebrities, having had numerous affairs that were reported on in the press. I didn't. I always thought he was a more sort of conservative, you know, I'm a designer, an architect, a visionary. I didn't realize this guy was a, basically a, like a rock star architect. Yep. yep, I didn't know it either. His tumultuous personal life began to play out in public. In he was the 19- David Lee Roth of architects. In 1903, uh, when he was a 36-year-old architect living in a Chicago suburb. Having several big projects to his name... Wright had settled down with wife Catherine, who was known by her nickname Kitty, and the couple had just given birth to their youngest child, Robert, when another couple from the same suburb of Oak Park, Illinois, stopped by. Edwin and Mama Cheney paid a visit to Wright's studio and asked him to design a home for them. Uh, From that point on, it was said that Mama Cheney took an active interest in Wright's plans for the house. The relationship between the two appeared to get stronger, so much so that they both left their families. In September 1909, Mama Cheney joined Wright as they sailed to Germany, where a reporter for the Chicago Tribune spotted the couple at a hotel in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Now, despite the affair being front-page news, Wright was determined uh, to leave his marriage. Uh, and, uh, by the way, she insisted on you call her. Call me Kitty <laughs> Her name was Kitty. Uh, He built a home in the woods of his native Wisconsin where Mama, who by this time had dissolved her marriage to Edwin Cheney, moved in in 1911. 
On the weekend of August 15, 1914, Mama's two children, John and Martha, paid a visit to see their mother in their home at uh, Talesian, which is, I guess, the name of the house. Yes. Because uh, he would give these places names, obviously. You know, a place is, is large. Usually, it's like a, a, a mobile home is never doesn't have a name. Right. Uh, Wright's mistress and her two children were eating lunch on the patio while six workmen were in a separate dining room. Uh, they were all being served by a guy named Julian Carlton. I'm sorry, a woman named Julian Carlton, uh, who came from a poor black family in Alabama. After having moved to Chicago, he got a job. No, I guess he was. I guess Julian's a guy. He got a job at uh, Talesian. Though he was on the job for six months, he gave notice that the, he was about to quit. Well, his wife, who was a cook on the premises, would comment that he'd been acting paranoid uh, through the exact, though the exact reason is unknown. So he he, he was he was always known to be sort of a, a little skittish. Uh, for, well, at that time, yeah, he, he had been acting paranoid yeah. for an unknown reason. Julian or uh, Andrew Lloyd Wright? Julian. Julian. Yeah. Okay. So this guy had been acting paranoid the last few days, I guess, or weeks, or I don't know what. So Frank Lloyd Wright. So, I was thinking of Andrew Lloyd Wright. I know. Jesus. What did you say? <laughs> Frank Lloyd Frank yeah. Christmas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now I shall write cats. Uh, after serving... Oh, my God, you have this whole other ability. After serving food to everyone on the patio, uh, Carlton retrieved a hand axe, went back to the patio where he dug the blade into Mama's skull. He just went over and wham, whacked her in the head with it. Carlton slaughtered both of her children, doused their bodies in gasoline, and then set them on fire. It is believed that he set the door to the workers' dining room on fire in hopes of killing them as well. Uh, Carlton was arrested by police, though, not before he tried to kill himself by swallowing hydrochloric acid. Oh, God. Yeah. It almost lost him his job. Uh, he, would, <laughs> he would die months later while in police custody, uh, having never revealed why he carried out the mass slaughter. So he kills all these people, mm-hmm. and we never know why. Yep. Okay, so, and then you have Andrew Lloyd Webber, who's left now a lord. <laughs> right, right. Memories. <laughs> and she was named Kitty. Yeah, oh Whoa! my God. There's your tie-in. Um, I didn't even know. Uh, so, Wright was so crushed the about... The mistress of Andrew Lloyd Webber today was killed by <laughs> Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> and Lloyd Christmas is going to own a pet store. Yep. All right. Some of this story may not be accurate. uh, By the way, somebody's texting in that the the name of the house is pronounced uh, Taliesin. Okay. Okay. So, anyhow, Wright was so crushed about what happened that he mourned that night. I think that's Tom Skiffington, Preston. By playing Bach on the piano of his sister's home nearby while shedding tears. Uh, in reporting on the tragedy, a number of newspaper stories suggested that the incident was punishment for the couple's abandonment of their families. Mm-hmm. So people actually justified it as that. Wow. Uh, he decided to rebuild Taliesin uh, from the ashes, but the home was once again hit by fire in 1925. So this, so this yeah. to me, put me in mind of the Lizzie Borden story. Uh, yeah. Somebody who seemingly... Butchers all these people, this mistress. But th- what really blew my mind is here you have a guy who's part of history that you perceive as being one way, who's scandalous. Yeah. The other, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was blown away by that story. That was really uh, like I, you're just sitting there at the, you know, they're just sitting there eating, and he just, yeah, time to die. 
And I really have never, I'm aware of the works of uh, Frank Lloyd Wright and Andrew. Uh, You've seen most of his shows. Most of Andrew his shows. Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, but knew nothing about the man. Yeah. Uh, at all. And uh, had no idea that he was a bit of an egomaniac and... Um, a liar. And a liar and, and a philanderer. A philanderer! And all that. And was a rock star of his time. Uh, so, pretty interesting stuff. It's all uh, it's all here in the books. Uh, all here in the Howard Halls of Billy The historian delves again into another story mm. in the huge and sprawling library. I d- top Beasley. I, I do have uh, shorter stories here because we don't have much time here. Uh, but I found this the article. claims to not have enough time to um, go into a lengthy story. That is correct. So I'm going to tell you about as many as I can, but I have four forgotten fads. Is this of, a lightning round from the historian? Of the past. It's kind of a lightning round. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I may, not to be, I may not be able to get to all of them, but we'll try. So right, go ahead. So four forgotten fads. Fads of the past. Four forgotten fads. In uh, history. Two tree toads tied together tied to tied to town. Uh, one of them would be puff billiards. Puff billiards. Circa 1900. Hmm. Uh, the table game featuring small turkey baster looking puffers and a lightweight cork ball made a splash during the holiday season of 1898. It's the game that's all the rage along the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Puff, puff billiards. Uh, well, this young lad's enjoying a game of puff billiards right now. <laughs> It's showing footage of With his short pants. Mother, may I engage in another game of pop <laughs> Not now, son. You must do your schoolwork. Tables came in three sizes for two, four, or six players. Was it akin to regular billiards? Well, the object was to protect the pocket in front of you as other players tried to air pressure the ball into it. Okay. Uh, oh, all right. So oh, they'd blow on it. Yeah. By February 1906, the Indianapolis News was noting that Margaret, young daughter of millionaire Andrew Carnegie, can, quote, play puff billiard successfully against big black bearded men. What? Black bearded men, oh. not, not black men with beards. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to play puff billiards. <laughs> no, you misunderstood our ad. <laughs> puff billiards continued to be men played. With black beards, not black men with beards. <laughs> played here. <laughs> And there for years, but it never caught on like ping pong or billiards. Have you heard what happened to Android <laughs> Webber? Mm. Uh, here's another game. What? I, if oh. I did, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Kathy was that. excited that was for a like second. That was the greatest thing ever. His, His mic, mic was, was off. off. <laughs> What'd you say, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> She's pretending to. I was going to turn her mic on. All right. So anyhow, there's another game called Battle Ball. Puff billiards and bat. Well, these yeah. sound pretty cool. This one sounds pretty cool. Nineteen twenty-five. Now I don't know what actually happened because I haven't actually read dun, this dun, yet. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it was in the twenties. So yeah, the uh, the Charleston would have been all the rage at this time. So uh, battle ball circa nineteen twenty-five was like puff billiards, but more sophisticated. I love this dance, by the way. <laughs> you love the Charleston? Yes. Can you do it real quick for us? Yeah, I can all do right. the Charleston. Do it. She's doing it. Oh my gosh. She does know how to do it. Smile and everything. Yeah. That's great. All right. So, anyhow, (laughs) Battle Ball was a parlor table sports game that fashionable folks played in the 1920s. Uh, The Indiana PA Gazette reported that the indoor sensation had been imported from Europe. It swiftly became popular in country clubs and homes around the country. Whoa. Uh, played by 2 to 14 people, opponents peppered a leather ball with small metal pellets 
fired from fixed guns on and <laughs> fired them into each other's heads onto the on the side of the table. Oh, this is kind of like there was a game called Crossfire that uh, was popular in when I was a kid. Okay, very very it's similar. All the rage in Delco. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, in all the land, Steve. In not all just the in, land, not just Delco, but uh, Fire Fire Crossfire. Do you guys remember that commercial? Not no. at all. Not no. at all. No, but we can right. look that up. Um, the object was to move the letter ball, leather ball into a goal by firing these little guns with uh, metal pellets. I tell you what, the puff ball thing sounds interesting. So this is a, this is a similar thing. Um, I guess this looks more fun. The, these all look that the actual table looked like sort of like a soccer mm-hmm. uh, table a pitch. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but I, I assume they're a little spring loaded. I don't think you'd have to put a cartridge of you know. An explosive cartridge into each one every time. Each you... contestant gets a hand grenade. Right. right. <laughs> Casey, here's uh, the game you were talking about. What is it? Crossfire. Okay. Yeah, yeah it looks similar to that. Yeah. Crossfire, uh, now, yeah! Now I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the commercial... At the bottom it says Crossfire does not ha- come with exploding pyrotechnics as featured in commercial. Exactly. All right, I have two other things. We might have time to get to them all. Uh, another, uh, game that has gone by the wayside in history, one of the four forgotten fads of the past. We should try well, some of these games for some of our stuff. This isn't a game. This is called, uh, back painting. <laughs> 1920. That's right. Why don't you come on over and paint my back? A la mode dresses in the 1920s plunged so deeply in the back. A la mode. Does that mean with ice cream on yeah. it? Yes. Oh, okay. but it also means Look at how low my dress is. You can see my butthole. Also- <laughs> wow. I, don't, I don't think that happens. <laughs> yes. Mode- Jude, I can clearly see your butthole. It also means in fashion. In okay, style, thank you. Yeah. All right. Um- Put some ice cream on your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 20s, and we'd love to see butthole. <laughs> so, the, so the dress is, in the 1920s, plunged so deeply in the back. That you could see one's and exposed so much skin that artists began painting on the bare backs of women. Interesting. They did go down very low, if you remember those I uh, do. classic flapper-type outfits. In the spring, newspapers across the country, such as Ogden, Utah, Standard Examiner... Told, That's my favorite newspaper. ...told of a Boston artist who excelled in the latest craze by painting tall sailing ships that stretched up between the shoulder blades of stylish women. Why, look at that. The keel of your ship there goes right down to your butthole. (laughs) (laughs) So that's one of the fads. Do I have time for one more? One more fad. All right, this is it. Minute and a half. Engraved divorce cards. Engraved divorce cards? Yes, in April of 18... This is a a hearkening back to a time long ago. 1896 reported that uh, parents in South Dakota... Had sent out cards announcing the divorce of their daughter. My dearest sweetheart, <laughs> I'm sending you this engraved card to announce the divorce of our daughter. Uh, by 1924, the stationery industry was in on the fad, and the sender takes pleasure in announcing his or her divorce with profesh- professionally engraved cards. That's crazy. I, I mean, that's more like you might do now. Now, yeah. As and and as as taboo as divorce was sure. back in the day, I find that hard to believe. Maybe it was so they didn't have to like talk to people about it. Maybe like here, here's Staple the information. It so it was, so it wasn't hearsay. Yeah, and it was just uh, it was officially announced. But it says takes pleasure in announcing his oh. or her divorce with professionally engraved. Was cards. there a point in time? Well, I don't know. What what, what year is this again? This uh, was uh, approximate time. Well, it started to take off in, by 1924, but it initially, oh. in uh, it was reported in, in, <laughs> in 1896. 
Uh, so, the, yeah, and it says here today, After of course... the butchering of Andrew Lloyd White's family. <laughs> <laughs> it says here today, of course, there is a sort of revival of the fad. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, maybe they were a little bit more, uh, well, you know, it was the Roaring Twenties, and then perhaps they were a little bit more frivolous and um, yeah, yeah, with their right. approach to divorce. It was uh, it was a more um, cavalier time. But the first reporting was in 1896, so that's kind of interesting. Well, that's not the Roaring Twenties. All right, well, that's uh, all that we have time for today. And, uh, and now we leave the library. Yeah. I'm sorry it's been so long since we've done the historian. I do have a whole totally caught me off guard. Uh, stack of things that we have to get to, but the, the historian's got to go. All right, so <laughs> we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment, and uh, we still have more guests. Hey! Mike Jarek is going to be in our studio in just a moment, so don't go too far. Oh, let me give away the last of our passes for the Cream of the Scream, stop number two, Base Motel Haunted Hay Ride, tonight at yeah. 6 o'clock. Such a good time. It's going to be a beautiful night tonight. Yes, absolutely. Just cloudy skies, a little bit cool, perfect for uh, getting your, your ass your fun. Gone. Destroyed by uh, being scared. Why did I just say get your ass destroyed? <laughs> what the hell are they doing down there? It's terrifying. This your... motel will rip your butt all to shreds. You'll be crapping blood for a month. <laughs> Three callers right now. Look at that. And it's you... my sphincter. What happened? 263 WMMR. Oh, my God. We'll be back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Like the Preston and Steve Show Podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to uh, plug a couple things real quick that I am involved in, some charity events. I am going to be on uh, next Wednesday at Overbrook Country Club uh, for an event that is called Breaking the Silence. And it's uh, it's sponsored by the Laurel House. Ooh. And the subject is it's a luncheon that I'll be a part of. What is the media's role in domestic violence? You're going to so, be speaking? So it's going to be actual news reporters and meat. So, yes, I will be representing, I guess, the entertainment side of media. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be one of the featured speakers. That's good. The, the Laurel House is great. Oh, they're wonderful. Uh, so that is next Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Overbrook Country Club. Nick has put this stuff on the community page or is putting it on the community page of uh, PrestonSteve.com. And then I'll hit the fact that Laurel House has their 5K event coming up. Uh, the morning of the twentieth, and uh, it is, and we're, we're we got to double check on the uh, the location because I want to make sure that we have that right. I don't I think believe it's in North it. Wales. It's been there the last few years. Uh, yeah, the Upper Gwynedd Township Building. Yeah, uh, and that's uh, it starts at seven thirty. So that information is up on the website already, and then I'll do the uh, the luncheon right now. There's a park right there. Nick is going to be joining me at yeah. that event as well, so we'll host that. So those things are on the website, and then. One other big event that's coming up that my wife is very, very involved in is uh, the a Mother's Wish 10th Year Gala event. Huge. going to be yeah, at Rivercrest Golf and Country Club, uh, and this is going to be on November 16th. A little ways off, but you can get your tickets now, and it's to help raise funds uh, for research and treatment of people with uh, Crohn's and IBD. My daughter has Crohn's disease. That's why we're directly involved with this. So I'll be hosting the event that night. We'll have some featured speakers, and it's drinking and dancing and eating and uh, fun. Uh, bunch of great raffles 
Uh, so be a part of that November 16th. And that is also available, all the information, at PrestonandSteve.com. So I just wanted to mention those, and I will uh, continue to do so leading up to those events. All right, we got to do the Bizarre File, so we're going to do that very thing. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by Temple Football, battling number 23 Memphis this Saturday noon, Lincoln Financial Field. Don't miss the Temple Homecoming festivities at the game. Kids' tickets on game day are only 10 bucks. You can visit owlsticks.com to get them. Uh, just a couple stories for you. We'll start with this. This is a tragic story, but we may as well lead with a tragic one and get to something lighter. But a birthday surprise went horribly wrong after a man in Florida accidentally killed his own son-in-law. Oh, man. Who showed up unannounced at his house to surprise him. Oh, Oh, boy. Christopher Bergen flew in from Norway to surprise his father-in-law, Richard Dennis, for his birthday. After arriving at an unnamed Florida airport, uh, Bergen, who's married to Dennis's daughter, headed straight to Dennis's house for his planned surprise. At around 11.30, he arrived at the house, knocked on the back door. When Dennis opened the door, his son-in-law jumped out of the bushes making like a growling sound to wish him a happy birthday, and the dude got startled, grabbed his gun, and shot him. Uh, he only fired one round, went straight into the guy's heart. Horrible, man. So just keep in mind, if you're going to surprise somebody yeah. at their home, be very, 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 very careful. So it is a cautionary tale. How did the rest of the, the visit go? Uh, I think it was a downer from there on yeah. out, Steve. So anyhow... Uh, oh, they, that's, yeah. no, no charges are warranted, and the uh, the sheriff called Aww. the incident totally accidentally. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, let's find something a little lighter. A Lee County, Florida Sheriff's Office communications dispatcher is suspended for two days and taking six months of disciplinary probation after making a personal call on a recorded line. And in the phone call, Amanda Kinsler tells a man to, quote, get rid of the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> the report comes from when Fort Myers Police Department was on the scene for a call, and that's when Kinsler called a man telling him, quote, to get rid of it. She claims she didn't know that it was marijuana, uh, and she was using a recorded yes. line to do this on. Testing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kinsler's co worker. Get, 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 get. One, one, two, one, two. Get rid of the evidence. One, two. Uh, Kinsler's co-workers overheard the conversation, reported it to her supervisors. When they discovered the, uh, uh, discussed the call with her, the supervisor also found a text on her personal phone that read, You need to call me now, ASAP, now, or I'm getting a felony. Uh, Kinsler later admitted that telling the man to get rid of potential evidence was, quote, a major lapse of judgment. Yes, yes, that's accurate. A Wisconsin appeals court has ruled that operating a riding mower while drunk carries the same penalties as driving a car while intoxicated. Uh, The ruling Tuesday came in the case of a northern Wisconsin man who was arrested for drunken driving in 2017. Police pulled Keith Schoeder over while he was operating a riding mower on the streets after leaving a tavern. Uh, Schoeder appealed his conviction of fourth offense drunken driving. He argued that the charge should be dismissed, contending that the riding mower was an all-terrain vehicle and not a motor vehicle, and therefore he was not subject to the same penalties. But the 3rd District Court of Appeals disagreed, saying a riding mower is a motor, not an all-terrain. So he's getting in trouble. A lot of guys think that that's a suitable form of transportation mm-hmm. when they're you know, when they're not allowed to drive cars, so they'll just yeah. take the rider mower down to the bar. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is an interesting story. You guys may have seen this. A burning smell from a car engine led to the discovery 
of dozens and dozens of walnuts, grass, and hay inside of a couple's vehicle. Yeah. Did you guys see the picture? I saw the it, it, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. By the way, what kind of walnuts are those? Uh, like cri- the- Go ahead. They were huge, they're right? They're huge. Well, they're usually... They look like oranges. Well, we had a tree in our backyard. It was... Uh, they, they're it's they're encased in some sort of green thing, and then eventually that all like, kind of oh, runs away. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And okay. then you get the walnut underneath mm-hmm. with the shell. So while Chris Persick, said, or Chris Persick and his wife called about... Um, called or, I'm sorry. Chris Persick said his wife called her about a burning smell in her vehicle. Uh, he told her to open the hood... And that's when she discovered the collection of nuts and other items that a squirrel was apparently storing for the winter in their car. She said, we had a tree guy here, and we were talking about this tree, and I made a comment. Hey, for how many walnuts there are up in that tree, it's amazing. You don't see any of them on the ground. (laughs) The tree guy kind of laughed and said, wow, that's interesting. And now we know where they all went. Uh, there were so many walnuts inside the cart, they filled up half a trash can. Yeah. That's how many there it's were. It's just unbelievable amount of work, the poor squirrel. Yep. Yeah. All right, and then one more story, and we will wrap this up. Uh, let's end with this one. A naked woman had to be rescued after she scaled a roof and straddled a statue on top of a cathedral building in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, the woman was seen climbing the roof of St. Ignatius, uh, Academy, where she remained trapped for roughly four hours until she was brought to safety by rescuers and a cherry picker. She was naked the whole time. So was her plan to actually just get up there so she could straddle the statue? I don't know. Video obtained shows the woman grabbing onto the statue as authorities tried to reach her on Friday. It was around 8 a.m. when the woman first started climbing the statue. Police caught the woman moments after she began slipping off the statue at around noon. Onlookers uh, convened in the area to capture the wild moment. Uh, according to police, the woman may have suffered from a mental health condition. Sounds it. Uh, negotiators tried to keep her calm, go in there, and get her off the building, an officer said. <laughs> uh, the woman was reportedly taken away in an ambulance. Uh, school was said to be in session in the area, but no students were harmed during the incident. Uh, police have not reported whether any charges would be brought up. Call me! against the woman or not. And that is what I have for you in the Bizarre File at this very moment. We're going to take a break. We're going to give away some movie passes. Oh, we got a screening of Zombieland Double Tap, and it's coming up on the 15th at the Regal and King of Prussia. It'll be at 7.30. You will need to be there by 7. So why don't we... Let's take a bunch of callers. Let's take eight. Yeah. And we'll give you movie passes. So keep in mind, it's on the 15th. It's next week. 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call right now, and we'll see if we can get you in there. We're going to be right back. Uh, Mike Jarek is stopping in, and he's bringing a guest with him, and that is Eli Culp. will tell you more about uh, what's going on when they get here. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oh, we still got a lot of show left, folks. Well into the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to be glad you stuck around if you indeed did. Uh, but a couple of things before we welcome some more guests to our studio. We are going to do today's lesson question and give some away. We have a digital download of Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 4. So the mm. question, man, there's some questions I could ask today, a bunch of different ones. Um, Steve, help me. Do I go early in the show or late in the show? What do you think? 
Go late. Late in the show. Or okay. Uh, in the 1920s, where did people like to put ice cream? 215-263-WMMR. Okay, if you were listening and you know, then you should call. In the 1920s, where did people like to put ice cream? 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call. We're going to do the trash we're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what we have today. Some stories. Steve, what's going on? Well, Corey Feldman, adamant that a Goonies sequel will never happen, saying that chapter of his life is over. Feldman says he's now committed to bringing his music to the world because he hates the world. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin Upton, the former Miss U- uh, Teen USA contestant who screwed up an answer about Americans and maps. You remember her? She's getting a divorce that will leave her with less than $300 and a dog. Upton says she personally believes that she, like many U.S. Americans, don't have divorce lawyers. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Miley Cyrus is now officially referring to Aussie singer-songwriter Cody Simpson as her boyfriend. Cyrus says she's taking the re- taking the relationship slowly with Simpson and plans on waiting a year before doing his sister. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. Let's consider it ever. Yes. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to today's lesson question. And uh, in the 1920s, where did people like to put their ice cream? We found this out this morning. 215-263-WMMR. I'll go to Tom for the answer. Hey, Tom. Hey. Uh, Tom, all right, I'll ask you the question. Uh, in the 1920s, where did people like to put uh, ice cream? The butthole. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. Yes. You are correct. Hey, it, it was an interesting time. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. uh, the, the divorce cards and ice cream and buttholes. Uh, so, Tom, hang on. We're going to get your information, and we are going to give you a digital download of Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 4, available on digital in 4K, Ultra HD, HD, and Movies Anywhere now, and on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and DVD, it is available today. Let's get to music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! Yeah. All right, Music News brought to you this morning by Deets and Watson Real Philly Deli. Want to know Philly's best-kept hoagie secrets? We'll pick up Deets and Watson's Real Philly Deli Hoagie Guide map of the best delis in the city. Earn prizes like T-shirts, coolers, food, and even birds tickets just for eating real Philly hoagies. We're going to start with this. Green Day and the NHL teamed up on Wednesday, yesterday, to debut the band's new single, Fire Ready Aim. And they did it during the game between the Flyers and the Devils. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah they cool. used it basically coming in and out of, like, every commercial break. It was cool. Okay, and they're, they're, by the way, the track, which will appear on the band's forthcoming album, Father of All, will serve as the opening song for Wednesday night hockey broadcast uh, throughout the entire season this year. Do we have a little clip of that? Is that what Marissa's gesturing yeah. to? All right, here we go. Uh, the opening video features shots of Green Day performing on the ice. Interspersed with uh, teams hitting the ice as well, facing off and battling for the puck. Green Day posted about the track on Twitter saying, How many trolls does it take to screw in a light bulb? The answer is Fire Ready Aim, a new tune for the loons. And uh, this song is about our daily outrage, attack without thought, hyperbole. Uh, He said, Anyway, stick a hammer in your mouth, shut up and dance. So that was their official comment about it. Yeah, I kind of misspoke. It wasn't this song. It was the... uh, um Father of all mofos. Okay. Uh, that's the song that they were using to cut oh, okay. into commercial All right, break. all right. Yeah. 
I like this new Green Day direction, Me man. Too. Yes. There's something about it I really enjoy. I was reading so. an interview with him. Uh, Billy Joe? Uh, yeah, Billy. And he was saying that uh, this he, he really was a little bit tired of their own sound and wanted oh, to no. shift it a little bit. Yeah, it was a conscious effort. Very interesting. By the way, how'd that game end last night for Devil's Hands out there? <laughs> Why it was Not a shut Was that a 4 shot? That's what I forgot, yeah. Uh, Green Day and the NHL have apparently inked a two-year cross-platform partnership. In addition to the uh, opening song, Green Day will perform at the 2020 Honda NHL All-Star Game in St. Louis on January 25th. That's my birthday. Oh! Are you going back? I am now. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, they're opening the Preston Elliott Civic Center that day. It's my hometown, and it's on my birthday. We don't have the blood drive on the 25th. Uh, yeah. yeah. What day of the week is the That's 25th? That's the only I'm thing. Uh, it's it a up. Saturday. <gasps> oh, my God. You Listen. can b- finally bring me to St. Louis. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's It'll go. be unbelievable. Uh, you can any- finally tell him you love him. Anyhow, he knows I love him. <laughs> I love You're- him so bad. <laughs> well, not so bad. <laughs> So bad. Future <laughs> singles from Father of All will also be released. Preston, can you come in here, please? <laughs> be released. Oh, my God. <laughs> During Wednesday night hockey. I you mean, should propose at the arch. Yeah, I, you know I'd have to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, two quick things. Our guests are right. standing by. Yes. Uh, we have Oz- to talk about. Ozzy postponed his European tour, marking the second time that he has done so following a series of health issues. Uh, let's see. <laughs> he was dealing with a, a recent bout of pneumonia and, and incoherence. Uh, yeah, and any coherence <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, but he re- had recovered from surgery for an injury sustained while dealing with that. So he's still on the back end of that. It's funny concert. because he seemed I- absolutely indestructible, and now he's falling apart. I know, I know. And then one last story. The iconic green cardigan sweater worn by Kurt Cobain for the band's 1994 MTV Unplugged performance is going on the auction block for a second time. And it reportedly still has not been washed. Uh, so Kathy's out. Just stink. Uh, <laughs> Julian's Auctions announced Wednesday that the sweater and a custom Fender guitar built in 1993 that Cobain used during Nirvana's In Utero tour will both be auctioned off this month. Uh, Darren Julian said about the sweater, it's very important that we don't wash it. The stains are still there. There's even cigarette burns, and you can see it on the sweater. Uh, the cardigan first sold at auction in 2015 for $137,000. The current owner of the sweater is apparently a businessman who prefers to remain anonymous. Uh, he kept the piece of unwashed clothing stored in acid-free tissue in a safe. Uh, wow. The, yeah, the auction house now has it housed in similar tissue and a plastic case. What's with the tissue? Uh, I guess it's in, it ensures the integrity of the, okay. the material, I guess. So the cardigan will hit the auction block on October 25th with a pre-auction minimum bid of 200000 It's expected to sell upwards of 300000 uh, Earlier this year, another Cobain cardigan from the In Utero era sold for seventy five grand. As for the guitar, it's a turquoise-bodied left-handed Fender Mustang that was on display for several years at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's expected to fetch between three hundred and five hundred thousand dollars. So that stuff is going to chunk of change. Yep, is going up for auction. So you'll be able to bid on that should you have the means. And there you go. That is what I have in music news. All right, we love this. It's a rare in studio appearance of a good friend of ours. He has been here before, but it's listen. It's difficult. We both work at the same time. So. Yes. Uh, but we have three people in here. First, we're going to welcome our good friend from Fox 29. Good day, Philadelphia. Mike Jarrett. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hold on. I'm just finishing up my chocolate ice cream that uh, Casey Boy gave me. Uh, yeah. It has a 1920s logo. Oh, that was originally yeah. vanilla. Yeah, oh, it was vanilla originally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank for you. the time in the butthole. <laughs> uh, we also want to welcome, uh, along with Mike, and we'll explain why everybody's here, we have uh, the uh, owner of Cuba Libre and Rum Bar, Restaurant and Rum Bar, uh, Barry Gooden is here. Good to see you, Barry. See and you. we also have uh, Eli Culp, who we're going to find out about this hey, morning. Eli, good morning. good morning. Nice to see it. So, uh, Mike, you have this event coming up, and it's part of you uh, of your you got to try. This. Yeah, every Monday we do a segment called "You Got to Try This." It's been going on probably f- six years. It's now. excellent. I've gotten a lot of good uh, yeah. tips on places to uh, go to and food to try. So our viewers will write into us or contact me on Twitter or something. I went to this restaurant, and there's this one item that I tasted, and you've got to try. That's right. how yeah. this segment started. Yep. So people at home were going, oh, God, "I wish I could go to the restaurant with you." So we. Can't have thousands and thousands of people going to restaurants unless we go to Eli's place. Yeah. Um, so we're all going to meet at a venue up at 600 North Broad called V. Which is awesome. Oh, it's a Love great it. place. A lot of weddings are there. Big open yeah. space. 40 of the top chefs in the Delaware Valley are going to be there. I mean top chefs. And it's 50 bucks, which is Pretty low because it's is. festival season, you know, stuff yep. like Festival. It's over $100, some of them for $200. Yep. So it's $50. All you can eat will have cocktails, too. And it all goes to an organization called CORE, Children of Restaurant Employees. And Barry probably can speak to that better than me. Okay, tell us a little bit about CORE, and then we're going to tell you why Eli is here. Terrific. CORE does stand for Children of Restaurant Employees, and CORE grants support to children of food and beverage service employees when they're navigating life-changing circumstances like accident, illness, medical diagnosis of the parent or the child. When these people can't work, they don't earn, we want to make sure that the children have a a roof over their head and food in their belly and clothes on their back and it's we'll kind of step an insurance in. policy well no but you have to pay into an insurance yeah, policy well, nobody has to pay into this, this. Is free right if you work in that uh, industry and you have a dependent child under 18 in your mm-hmm. household and you're going through something then you're then you're uh, eligible for support listen if you work in a fine one of the fine restaurants like you know Cuba Libre or whatever and you you know you you can make good money however it is if you if you get sick or something happens or, and you're you're in you can be in dire straits pretty yes. quickly so this is this is a good thing because I know you know the, the people who help you enjoy a meal whenever you go out and, and make it an experience for you, um, you know. In this case, you can sort of pay it back a little bit. Yes. yes. Now Eli, Eli was in a, a, a little accident. You may have heard of this Amtrak uh, train crash that happened a few years back, and that rendered you paralyzed at uh, what part of what portion of your body? Yeah. So uh, after the accident, uh, waking up from it. I was. Uh, I became aware that I was paralyzed from the chest down. Okay. So that impacts uh, all of my four, four extremities. Okay, and you were a chef, a top or, chef. Yeah. In so America. I remember. Yeah. What was uh, the um, uh, the credentials that, that I heard about? Oh, it was Fork Restaurant. Yes. Uh, High Street, which is right next to Fork. Mm, yeah. And uh, in New York, a High Street in New York, A Kitchen, or 18th and Walnut. Square. Yeah. And you had. Uh, yeah, you're this up and coming one of the top chefs in America. Mm-hmm. This tragedy happens. And uh, was CORE already in existence at that point? Have they, have they been able to help you out? Yeah, so they have been in existence how long now, Barry? It's 14 years in total, but yeah. the last five years have been super active and growing like right. crazy. Okay. But, so this goes back four years ago when I was hurt. And immediately after I was injured, um, Barry and then CORE reached out to my family. And they said, uh, you know, we'd like to help. And what that did, that immediately put into action uh, a group of individuals that contacted uh, us and said, you know, how can we help you? Uh, we, we know that you have a child. We have, my son was three years old at the time. And, we, you know, we were experiencing a 
situation that few are put in and the 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 chronic um injury like a spinal cord injury will set you back uh hundreds of thousands of dollars it's of tremendously course, taxing yeah yeah of course you had insurance at the time which is thankful but a lot of families don't have that luxury mm-hmm. especially in the restaurant industry uh when it comes to servers uh some cooks it doesn't matter if you worked in a f- four star you know three michelin star restaurant or you work in a kitchen in a hospital mm-hmm. and you have an injury or your child has an injury or sickness and you need a little bit of help and that That's you know, that could be Steps um like with us it was they helped with my kids pre-k mm-hmm. and also travel between um i was in atlanta for rehab uh, between atlanta and um philadelphia so there was a tremendous outpouring and yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a small thing as, you know, you broke your leg and you can't go to work, therefore you can't pay your rent. Core could step in and help you. No when kidding. I, when okay. I first started dating uh, my wife and she, she her her main occupation, she was a server at a restaurant that was a kind of a family place before Thanksgiving would go and she suffers from severe migraines. And there'd be points in time where she would lose, like uh, if she had uh, about of an uh, uh, onset of migraines during the holiday season, a big cash time, sure, yeah. she'd be set back substantially. So yeah, it's it's definitely it can it's 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 a wonderful thing, but it's a precarious thing. Right. And so um, it, this is a, this is a great thing you're doing. So we're definitely going to be there for, oh, for this. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and give us the specifics of of how people go about getting uh, tickets and attending. Okay, just a reminder: it's going to be our, uh, Monday night, yeah. October the twenty first, from six thirty to about nine thirty at this venue V. And again, forty top chefs. Uh, all v, you, all v in and of itself is phenomenal. Oh, you yeah, have all this. Just yeah, to see that venue, and then the cocktails and stuff like that. So, you can go. Probably the easiest way to do it is go to fox twenty nine dot com. Okay. And I don't know, if, Marissa, could you put a link to President Steve? Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's okay. up there. Yeah. And then, if you want to go through Eventbrite, you can find it through Eventbrite as well. If people way, can attend and want to make a donation, how do they do that? They go to. Uh, CoreGives.org and uh, hit the donation button. All right. By the way, you mentioned, you know, 50 bucks, Mike. That's incredibly affordable. It because really is. You're talking about the level it of really chefs. Is. And you're going to stuff yourself. Oh. You would probably pay more than that anyway yeah. going yep. to a restaurant that doesn't have a cause tied to it as well. 50 so, bucks yeah. for 40 restaurants. Yeah. yeah and drinks. Yeah. And yeah. drinks. And drinks the, are included. And music. Any, yeah. Well, three drinks music. are included in that price. <sighs> that's totally worth it. Dancers. Could, yeah. Dancers. Uh, yes, yeah, salsa dancers. Kathy. DJ and uh, lots of fun. DJ. We're going to really have a great time. Uh, Eli, I wanted to ask what your current situation yeah. is. What do you What do you do now? Yes, yeah, so I'm still with the company. Okay. Uh, as a chef and uh, partner of the company, uh, we lead the charge daily, um, dealing with fun restaurant life uh, <laughs> ownership issues. Uh, no, but it's been, it's been quite the journey with an amazing amount of support from not only the people in our in our restaurant but the 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 absolute um you know philadelphia restaurant scene and really supporting me through my journey and i couldn't be happier to really sort of be a part of this to give back a little bit it's such a you know it's the way life is the, the you know you, you get on a mass transit and your and, and yeah. your life changes irrevocably but 
sometimes in those cases you you are uh, reminded of just how good people can be and how generous and and uh, supportive people can be. So oh, well, it was it was mind blowing when yeah. when it, the accident first took place. Well, yeah. I, I love hearing that there there is a brotherhood amongst uh, certain professions mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and that uh, that there are people watching out for each other like this because I never would have thought of that to be Absolutely. honest. I never would have thought about. You know, uh, food service workers and needing to band together for, to help other ones out. So that's Absolutely. that's a really cool so. Thing. This is why this event is a perfect marriage. We're eating, yeah. We're donating to yeah. restaurant people, yeah. So everybody that you've ever seen on Fox twenty nine, well, not over the years, yeah. will be there. So if you ever wanted to meet uh, Sue Sario or Bob Kelly or Alex Holly or anybody in the nighttime, you know, Shana Humphreys is getting quite a bit of attention. Uh, <laughs> or you want to meet so. uh, Preston and Steve, everybody here yeah. on the show. You'll be there. Yeah, it'll nice. be awesome. Love it. Yeah. Thank you for coming. We're, no problem. We're, we're excited that you're going to be there. We're going to have tons of fun, and we're going to support a good cause. Hey, uh, real quick, I want to jump in here, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I'm not sure if you were the owner, but uh, you, uh, Barry used to either own or run Pulsations. I was the general manager. For wow. Five years. Yes. Pulsar. He's alive. Pulsar. I just heard the story about the Goldbergs and how that came about. Oh, we, that was we, our We were idea. critical, yeah. You, I was just so thrilled and, and to see that, and I was so amazed not only that you had Pulsar, but the uh, Infinity Towers, those neon spinning things. And that's pretty amazing. You guys dug deep. Yeah. Well, we found Pulsar in a robot retirement home. Uh, <laughs> and he was looking for work. Looking for work. Yeah. Was Did he say bodacious day. tatas? <laughs> bodacious tatas. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike, anything coming up you want to mention uh, tomorrow's show or anything? That's, uh, mm-hmm. Just good to go. Okay, pr- tomorrow we're going to be all Eagles. Okay. Yeah. We normally yeah. on a Friday before the game. Yep. Yep. Right. Awesome. awesome. Well, this this event is is exciting, and it's again you can't beat the price to do something really wonderful. So. I think it's going to become. Well, we're going to try to do it annually. Yeah, and it's going to be one of the more fun events. Well, you support uh, you know my wife's charity, and, yes. and, 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 and so we we uh, anything you, know, you guys are thrilled. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate you gotta it. Try this, and you got to come. Great to see you, Barry. Mike, always a pleasure. Come Eli, on, Mike. nice to meet you. Good Thank to see you. you guys. Monday the twenty first. You gotta try this, all right? And it's the sample soiree benefiting core. All the details at PrestonandSteve.com. We shall take a break. Get ready to wrap things up when we return. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. What a morning it has been. I I don't know about you guys, but I've had a lot of fun today. It's been great. A lot of great guests and uh, some good stuff. I love it when that happens. We gave away some money. We're on the tail end of uh, Money Shark. So um, get in on it today. Pierre's going to have in, in 14 minutes your chance to win. So don't miss out on that. Ah, man, and some lousy news. Well, it depends on how you look at things. Lousy news because he's such a nice guy, uh, but the Phils just weren't having a run with him. Gabe Kapler has been let go from the Phillies organization. Yeah. Uh, which... I, honestly, there was a part of me that thought they they might give it one yeah. more year. Yeah, I thought so, too. Well, it's it's been a week and a half since the end of the season, and they hadn't said anything. Yeah. And they brought some some of the guys back, the GM, and, and uh, but they just decided to move on from Gabe Kapler, and... I liked him too. I, I, on a personal level, he was great. We, when we had him on, Preston, you had a catch with him. I crying had a out loud. catch. 
with who I consider now to be my father figure <laughs> well, we, uh, because we had catch. Uh, but, we hope the new coach, uh, Lenny Dykstra, can do things. Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. That would make things interesting. Yeah. It would shake it up a bit, wouldn't it? Um, so, anyhow, Gabe Kapler is, uh, is out of there, so we'll see what, uh, what they plan to do during the offseason to make some changes, so we'll find out. Uh, I do want to thank our guest. We had a really awesome time with Mark Maron. Yay! Mark hung out for a couple hours. And uh, he's going to be performing at the Miriam Theater tonight at 7.30. Tickets are available at KimmelCenter.org. He's a hilarious stand-up. He is an awesome podcaster. He's a great interviewer. And he's turning into a great actor, too. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, you know? he's a funny guy. So uh, if you've ever had the desire to go see him, do not let the uh, opportunity pass because his uh, his dance card's getting... yeah. Very full. Really full. Last time he was here, 2012. So he, he may not be back around for a while. You never know. I, I would heed Steve's warning and go see him. Uh, thank you. To, and he stuck around for our mystery guest. Thanks for playing along with the mystery guest. If you did indeed do it, it was an actor named Steve Hibbert. And we told you it was just a character mainly that the reason we had him on, he played the gimp in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So we had the gimp on the show this morning, and it was a great interview. He was a super nice guy. He was gimptastic. A really interesting look into a weird little film role that most everybody knows. It, it, that's his role. Uh, will always be that. And uh, and Mark Marin stuck around for the interview and had some questions as well. It was cool. And thank you, our buddy uh, Mike Jarek, for stopping yeah. by uh, with uh, Barry and Ian, who came in, and the tasting party. you got to try this. It's coming up Monday, October 21st at V. Uh, tickets available at uh, coregives.org or just go to com and all the information is there. And then one more thing I wanted to mention because earlier this morning in the birthdays we said that it was uh, Michael Giacchino's birthday, the the famous uh, uh, um, uh, composer. Yes. And so on Twitter, I guess Nick or, or our show would wish him a happy birthday. And he wrote back, when are you guys coming back to L.A. for a remote broadcast at my house? Wow. <laughs> Tomorrow. Dude, we could do that. It, we've, honestly. We could do that. His backyard is like a playground, man. We've been there. <laughs> if Nick he and could I get some of his uh, luminary friends to come over. Oh we could work God. that out. Yeah. Although it's super duper early in L.A. when we'd be on. All right. Well, uh, so. we'll make an exception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, another happy birthday to Michael Giacchino. Um, Pierre is here. Good morning, sir. Hi, hi. Nice to see you. Sorry we went so deep today, but we had a lot going on. Lots going on. Yes, sir. That sounds like an amazing benefit that Mike and uh, Barry. I used to work with Barry um, at a variety of nightclubs, not only Pulsations, but uh, places over in Cherry Hill. There was a place called Taylor's over in Cherry Hill and a number of other places. Um, and and Cuba Libre has been there for a long time in a great yeah. place. Great restaurant. Uh, why don't we get the letter? Are you ready for that? Yes, I am. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. E is in early. All right, and we got one more letter to go. We get that one tomorrow. We have a trip for two to Los Angeles for the premiere screening of Terminator Dark Fate. October 28th, including two nights load, uh, lodging, not loading, in Hollywood. <laughs> a Paramount Picture Studio Tour, 500 bucks in spending money and more. Terminator Dark Fate hits theaters on November 1st, mind you. Uh, so you got the, the money shark coming up in 10 minutes, man. So we'll make sure we move along and get you ready for that. You got some other things planned? Yes, I do. Well, all right. <laughs> um, I'll have... A- 
Money Shark coming along at 11 a.m. and again at 1 p.m. I will have more Black Keys tickets to give away. That show's coming up quick now. That's on Monday. And we've got David Lee Roth's birthday to celebrate. Uh, he is 65, so he can start collecting Social Security. <laughs> and um, he's nuts. Yeah. He's absolutely nuts. I, I do love him, though. But he's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, and so we'll do Workforce Block of various things he's been involved in and other things. So All right. stay with us. Excellent. We shall. I want to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show brought to you today by Acme. Fresh foods, local flavors, the official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. Also, Wisfiz, who wants you to know we stand for service. And French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors. FrenchCreekOutfitters.com. Why take a chance? With anybody else. Tomorrow to wrap up the week, one of our favorites is stopping in. Michael Ian Black oh, will be in the studio. He's very nice. great. Yeah. So uh, we'll wrap it up in fine form with many other things as well. Uh, yeah, just making sure I don't have anything else to give away before we get out of here. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you later, game. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. If I hear... Money Shark, one more time, I'm going to stick pencils in my ears. Make it stop! Next message. My birthday is on Saturday. I feel so much great. By the way, <clears throat> butthole! Next message. It doesn't rain for a month, and then the day it does, it's like no one's ever seen it before. Get the out of the way! Drive your The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR Rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.